Attention, this is a matter of national security. After a meteorite crashed into the New Jersey Turnpike, the following digital audio transmission from the You Watch I Listen podcast was intercepted by NASA scientists in the year 2019. The You Watch I Listen podcast is about to start. Sit down, listen close, and try not to die. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. Home Depot uh, in Kansas had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, take it out, take it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, suck it nice and slow. A <laughs> couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, take it out, take it Dude, out. Dude, now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. Yeah, he had the right idea. It's time for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Hey. And it's uh, it's episode 50, no big deal. No, no big deal. It's casual. Who I needs did. to talk about episode 50? I, I'm, I, I'm literally having the worst day for allergies right now. Holy That's You know, shit. you're not the only one. I'm like My allergies when the, the season... The first, the season started like a month early this year. Yeah, it definitely did. And I was like, why am I all fucked up? Because I usually don't get them, but I guess they were so bad so early that my body didn't even have time to adjust because usually my allergies are like perfectly fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have many allergies in general. Well, we're, we're definitely having issues. Like, we instead of going from winter to spring, we went from winter to summer. And now, like, we're getting some, like, springish weather mixed yeah, in. Yeah, but, like, yesterday, like, all week it was really nice. And then uh, yesterday it was kind of chilly. Yes, and yes, it was then, cold, And then dude. today it's gross out. Yeah. Um, so yesterday we went to, I told you about it, this, uh, this walk for um, a guy that, uh, a father of a friend who was also a gym teacher in high school, uh, passed away from lymphoma, and they do, like, this raffle. Yeah, right. And there's all kinds of things there. Now, I have never won anything. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. The one time I won something was by accident, and it was the UFC championship belt that I just <laughs> I just won by accident. See, I didn't even <laughs> enter a contest. I just got a tweet that... Uh, so TMZ tweeted me. What? They're like... So yeah, TMZ sent me a tweet before yeah. my original account got banned and was like, hey, you won our UFC contest because you uh, tweeted about the fights when they were going on. Like, oh, oh, my I, God, I entered I'm, in a contest? I was like, oh, what did I win? They're like, oh, you won a UFC championship belt. Or they, you won a UFC belt. And the first thing I'm thinking is like just a belt buckle. Yeah, right. right, right. <laughs> <It's a UFC laughs> just so the, like the little toy ones with so, the fucking Velcro strap. So they're like, no, no, like UFC championship belt. I'm thinking like the foam replica one you get at Walmart for twenty five dollars, exactly. and your kid rips up after a week. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, like the replica championship belt. I'm like, that thing is four hundred dollars. Yeah. So you're like, you have to it's confirm you're, cheap. you're 18, you live in the U.S., you don't work for Cablevision, the UFC, yada yada. And I don't. And they send it to me. I'm like, oh, pretty cool. So we get to this raffle yesterday, and I went last year. 
And the way they do it is you give 20 bucks and you get a bag of tickets. And then you could put it in each item that was donated. Right, uh, there's yeah. orange tickets, which are the big ticket items, and um, uh, green tickets, which are like smaller things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I'm like, I'm not going to win anything. Those are actually nice and, raffles. And Those yeah, are nice. yeah. They raised like $11,000 for the Lymphoma Research good, Fund, which good is for awesome. That, man. that is awesome. And um, so me and the landlord are just dropping tickets and things. There's some really cool stuff there. And I'm like, I'm not going to win anything. And then I see the landlord. She's putting tickets in uh, that all these like uh, local florists donated these flower pots, which is cool if you're into that. And I'm like, <laughs> like so each ticket we would write her name and then Dan Perosi. Her name, Dan Perosi, every other. And she's putting them in the flower things. I'm like, I'm going to win a fucking flower pot. Yeah, like, that's are. what I'm going to win. So it's like the third item, and they're like, flower pot donated by blah, 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 Dad Perosi. And I'm like, win. I'm like, son of a bitch. You did win a flower so pot, this is, the, this is the fucked up part. So the landlord, she she ended up winning three things. She won like a, a bracelet someone made. Um, okay. She won a free uh, breakfast for two at the Elks nearby, which is pretty cool. I would assume that's probably And then if breakfast. you look straight ahead, an autographed picture of Andrew Lincoln and Lori from The Walking Dead, she oh. won. So I'm like, that's awesome. That's I actually saw, a killer picture yeah, with Shane in the background. Yeah, but it's too. not autographed by John Bernthal, but it's an autographed by Andrew Lincoln, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and I'm, But the thing was, like, yes, we won it. But she, she won, won it. <laughs> I, I won flowers. Yeah. What am I going to do with you, flowers? You won flowers, dude. All right, so this is episode 50. You watch, I listen. We got some... Uh, uh, we don't really celebrate 50s around here. We do things mm. weird, so stay tuned on that. Um, let's give a shout-out first to our guys, and first and foremost to the guys at the Hashtag Shots or Likes podcast. Guess what, bros and broads? Fudge and fins. Hashtag Shots or Likes podcast is bringing, da- bringing video... Why does he bring it down the house? Yeah. Bringing video into the mix. Not only can Burn you continue to listen on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, Tune in iHeartRadio and Stitcher. You will now be able to watch them stream their episodes every Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Your favorite booze-consuming podcast will be discussing sports, video games, and embarrassing drunken stories, streaming on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. Visit the links that I'm about to tell you, or visit the websites. <laughs> There's no links to visit below, and enjoy the assholery. I like that word, assholery. Uh, you can find that. You can find the hashtag shots for likes. <laughs> shut up. The hashtag shots for likes podcast uh, streaming live on twitch.tv slash shots for likes podcast, mixer.com slash shots for likes. And you can visit shots for likes podcast.com and click on the YouTube icon up top on the website to watch on YouTube. Drink with us. And as always, mm-hmm. don't be cunts. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're right on who, that. Uh, Taylor, can you tell me? Uh, you know, I have um, a business I'm trying to start and I need a really good website. Do you have any suggestions for me? Yes. Well, I mean, if, if you need a website, I, I think you should definitely call Lobo Sound. But like, who, what about advertising? I mean, honestly, if I'm starting this business, the best way to start making money right away is by advertising. Do you have a suggestion for that? Yeah, I think you should totally call Lobo Sound. Now, Lobo Sound's world-renowned commercial production and website construction in English, Spanish, and Polish made Lobo Sound a fixture in the Chicago radio and digital advertising communities. But Lobo Sound isn't just limited to the Chicago area. Their outreach goes as far as Alaska, Atlanta, Toronto, Toledo, Hawaii, New Jersey. Jersey, New York, and Montecito. Whatever the fuck that is. I still haven't Googled it yet. Uh, wherever you are, Lobo Sound has your back. Lobo helps you reach your target market effectively and affordably. Reach who you want to reach when you want on all devices and applications. For more information, call 630-244-9704. I, I got the first part of that. It was 630-244-9704. Or okay. if, if if you're dyslexic and you, or you can't read numbers correctly, I can't read in general. But clearly, you visit or speak www.lobosound.com. <laughs> that was www.lobosound.com. And how is that spelled? Uh, L O B O S O U N D dot C O M. 
cool. Lobosound.com. And also, if you mention you watch I listen, you will get a 10% discount. Again, that is 630-244-9704. Awesome. Thank you guys, Lobosound. You heard our fantastic opening. They can homies. make one of those for you. Homies. Um, so, uh, how homies, was your week, homies, Taylor? Homies. Uh, average run-of-the-mill week. Just worked all fucking week. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're moved into your apartment. You you only you have an ant problem. You only have a bottle of wine. Uh, I went food shopping, and everything's changed now. So, so everything's now good. you have two bottles of wine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got one red and one white. Um, uh, you know who are having a, a better? You know who are having a better week then? What? He's on vacation now, but Josh just had to drive 15 hours to Florida. <laughs> so I saw him. I saw him tweet that uh, driving to <laughs> driving to Florida sucks. Yeah. I had a good laugh, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I did that by myself. I did I, it twice, I, back and forth. I, yeah, but you were the crazy one that you did it in like one trip. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, monsters coffee, monsters coffee, monsters coffee, <laughs> See, shit, monsters coffee. Here was my problem. I, when I went to Florida, I didn't just go south. I went west. So like, I ended up in Nashville, and when I totally should have just went you south. Montecito. Yeah, right? <laughs> we still don't know where it is. Yeah. But my whole thing was like, it's not that bad, dude. Like, I, again, I did it by myself. So it wasn't terrible. But I mean, I, I the, the drive isn't terrible. If you, I drive for a living too, kind of. Yeah. So like, the driving doesn't bother me. I throw that shit on my, uh, what the fuck? What's the thing that makes you drive so you don't have to press the pedals? It's called the Jeep. Oh, autopilot. Auto cruise. <laughs> cruise control. Cruise control. Autopilot, auto cruise, cruise control. Autopilot, auto cruise. I guess you could call it. Call it all op- oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> we're having a terrible morning. Yeah, it's Sunday morning. It's actually, it, you know what's funny? We're doing worse now when we started later than we usually do. Yeah, like, it's like 10.40 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. time and, and we're both... I'm all fucked up on allergy yeah, you medicine, know what? I've been playing uh, this week. Uh, that day, day, splendid, dog. Day, I ain't with Days it. Gone. Um, which I, was, is, I was so funny. I texted you about it. You're like, you, yeah, how, like how, yo, is how is it? And he goes, Days Gone? I go, yeah. He goes, I'm at this walk for cancer research. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but still, how's the game, dude? It's really good. Um, the way I would cool. des- I described it to someone, it's a less immersive but very similar. Picture Red Dead Redemption 2 with zombies. It's a huge map. So um, Undead Nightmare 2. It kind of, except it's way more intense than Undead Nightmare. I would assume um, The so, map is gigantic. The, I would assume just, just from like the, the swarm. Yeah, the I combat see. is similar. The upgrading system is similar to Red Dead. Okay. Um I don't know. I've only really gotten to play like maybe three hours of gameplay. Okay. Um, like I kept switching between MLB The Show and this and World War Z, oh. which, um, by the way, I I I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about how much fun World War Z is. Um, it's amazing. Um, if you guys ever played Left for Dead, which I think if you had an Xbox 360 when they Left came out, Dead. you played Left for Dead, and Left for Dead Two was great, and we've been waiting on Left for Dead Three for twelve years Val- now. Valve's never gonna make and it. they're never gonna make it. And there's been so many games that have tried to recreate what. Left 4 Dead did, and none of them did it well until World War Z. World War Z um, awesome. It's not without its glitches. Um, yeah, it's, the one mission. Yeah, we, we had this beat. one mission where <laughs> we have to escort this uh, guy from Israel, uh, Rosenstein or something. Goldschmidt. Yeah, Goldschmidt. Uh, you'd be dead if it wasn't for my David. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he keeps like falling, and he, like you got to go save him, help him up. And him. there's like an open door, and you just can't run through. There's, it. An, there's an invisible barrier. You're running in but place trying to save him. The game itself. We're talking if Left 4 Dead threw hundreds of zombies at you at once. 
sense. This throws thousands of you, and it's third person. Um, the the computer AI actually helps a little more than they ever did in, in uh, Left 4 Dead. Usually AI um, in any game, and is it awful. also makes you rely on your teammates more than Left 4 Dead. Two. Left 4 Dead Two perfected that, where if you stra straggled off from your yeah. team, you were fucked. This is like to a T. If you straggle, I came into a game late, or I went to take a shit, and yeah, I got kicked you out. Got booted. Yeah, 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 I got booted. I come back and I'm like, oh my god, I'm far, and I start walking, and then there's just a fucking a pouncer and a, then a, a lurker, bull, a, a bull. lurker, a bull, a screamer. Um, a very fun multiplayer game. Probably not as fun if you're playing by yourself. Um, but it's if you have not. a bunch of friends that you're gonna play with, uh, it is absolutely fantastic. Dude, I, I was like, if there's one thing I'm good at with those games, is just making everything harder for everyone else. Because literally, the second the mission starts, where's Taylor? It just takes. Yeah, off. dude, you're gone, and then you're like, oh help, help. <laughs> Um, so, shit yeah, a nice time for games right now. There's some cool stuff. You just got your PlayStation. First time you had a PlayStation 4 in years. In a, in a while. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff you got to catch up on. Dude, right now, the four game, the first four games I bought, and I'm happy I waited because they were all, like, reasonably priced. Like, I just got Horizon Zero Dawn, which is one of the best RPGs still out sure. on the market for 20 bucks. Um, I gotta get, I'm going to get Spider-Man. You need Spider-Man. Um, World War Z. MLB The Show, mm -hmm. and God of War. Yeah. So I, I just started... Th this is part of the reason why I'm late today. So two reasons. My girlfriend came over... I just assume you were eating. She, well, that <laughs> that happened. But she uh, she had never watched The People vs. O.J. Simpson before. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I just... She's like, we're trying to watch something. She goes, have you ever seen this? She goes, no. I go, all right, cool. Let's watch the first episode. Let's see what you think. We got until... OJ declared he's 100% not guilty. Yeah, and like then, right on the trial. Yeah, right when the trial started. Dude, it's like three and a half hours. Yeah, that's a great, great miniseries, man. I still, I mean, if not that they should be compared because they're completely different. Right. But if I had to watch one, I'm watching that uh, 30 for 30 made in America it's, uh, about it, yeah. OJ. I've watched that, it again since. That one is, uh, uh, that's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Ever and the way made. it ties in uh, current social affairs to past social affairs and shows how much things change. They stay the same, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, that's one that once you start, the people versus O.J. Simpson, it kind of just bleeds through. It's There's only one moment in the show I don't like, and it's when uh, the one episode in the beginning when the, the Kardashian kids start chanting their name on the TV. K-A-R-S-I-A-D-I-A. Kardashian. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Kim was probably blowing someone. Dude, she was six. Dude, literally my girlfriend looks at me and goes, they even made the Kardashian kids douchey. Yeah, yeah, and David Schwimmer's great as Robert Kardashian. Yeah, I was going to say, yo, Ross kicks ass. I just had a show introduced to me right before you got here. Landlord showed me. They were saying, she said that they were watching it last night and like crying laughing and she's like it's 17 minute episodes and it's just weird dumb sketches okay. and i'm like oh it's tim and eric awesome show i'm like that's that's, that's well. and it's it's new on netflix it's called if i um if uh, I I think you have to leave, or I think you should leave. It's I called. Think you should leave. And it's from a guy that used to be on SNL. Tim Robinson's his name. I was. We watched like four episodes right before you got here. I was howling, laughing. It's so stupid and so funny. <laughs> if it, it, it literally, I I like had to Google like this has to be somewhat related to Tim and Eric. And first thing I find is people saying the new Tim and Eric, the new Tim and Eric. It's not as trippy as Tim and Eric could yeah, be, right. but it's just as dumb. Like it's the type <laughs> of dumb comedy I like where it's mindless. I don't need. To think about anything. I can get up and piss and come back, and I understand why some guys talk about mud pies in his pants. And, like, I, I wish I was kidding. I, I was howling, laughing. If I'd been a little fucked up, I would have laughed even harder, dude. I, I, I that's probably one I'll check out. But like, as far like, I never got into Tim and Eric. Honestly, it yeah, wasn't it's one of those thing. things. If you didn't catch but, it when it was on live, yeah. I, it's like, what the fuck am I watching? But when I when I say how much I love the Eric Andre show, everyone, it's kind of like that. Everyone looks at me and goes, "How the fuck don't you like Tim and Eric?" Yeah, well, Tim, I get with Tim and Eric. Tim and Eric definitely in, tried to be dumber because they did way more with graphics and changing the, the, the way you sound and like zoom ins and everything <laughs> and some of the stuff
stuff on I, there's some stuff in Tim and Eric I don't like, but then there's some stuff like Steve Brule, uh, Celery so Celery Man with Paul Rudd, <laughs> like shit like that. Uh, Will Forte did one called Fortin with Will. That is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. How underrated is Will Forte? Well, he was just on this show I was just watching too. He had a little sketch on yeah. it. It, dude, I like I am telling you, get a little fucked up at night, like on the weekend one night, put it on. I was coughing from laughing so That's hard. Awesome. So, right. so that was my first mistake. And okay. Then the second one because I started playing my road to the show. Yeah, dude. Once you start doing that, you're like, oh. I, I, I just I got caught up, and, I, and now I'm in. Uh, I got drafted by the Mets in the 15th round. I'm a third baseman. I have no power. Yeah. But yeah. I, I I was batting 425 with 33 RBIs and two home runs, and then I just got called up to Triple A Syracuse. <laughs> dude, it takes a while to get called up. Yeah. Um, especially if you're using the. Uh, dynamic um, difficulty, I am, dude. So I, I was up. I was up till about five. You just, a. just swinging at everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I swung at the First worst. Pitch. Oh, this could be right down the middle. It's a curveball at sixty-eight miles per hour, and you swung right when he was winding up, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that's that's happened to me too many times. But <laughs> all right, why don't we get into our reviews from last week? Who wants to um, go first? You I guess me? I, I guess I'll go first. Um, so you gave me the killer Sam's Town, and um, I'm also not. Ex- I wasn't expecting much. So yeah, dude. I I it's wish fine. I wish I could. Um, remove myself from this like my my preconceived notion which I was able to do with the day to remember I was able to do with some other albums yeah, you gave right. me but it's the sound that that 80s retro sound it's not your thing it just doesn't do it like it, it loses me like I had to like go back and while I'm listening to an album I really try to pay attention the first time I rate a grade and then the second time if I change it whatever um, I just find myself I tune out after three songs I'm like holy shit I have headphones on yeah. I'm listening <laughs> to something it, it just it comes off as uh, again this is the killer Sam's Town uh, multiple people said it's their best album, so I am the minority here. Um, that this kind of music doesn't do it for me. Wait. When the Killers came out, and it was at the height of so, somebody, it was, told yeah, me it was at, was at it the beginning out. when all these bands that had this eighty sound really started popping up. Franz Ferdinand, uh, Modest Mouse, um, and I was just like, Yeah, what? you're right. I didn't I, think about that. I was like, yeah. What? Like, why are people instead of creating new cool shit, they're, they're going back and making old, old dumb shit? And the eighties has some of my favorite bad music ever. Yeah. Like, I I love bad eighties music 80s, because uh, of Eddie how Murphy. I like Eddie Murphy party all time. Steve Perry, O'Sherry, Come on Eileen, shit like that. It's so endearing because it took it like you spin me right round is so funny. Um, And then this, it it doesn't have that charm. To me, it comes off as joyless, soulless. There's one song I gave it. There's two songs I gave it to. Everything else was a one or a zero. It it does come off a tiny bit pretentious. It it comes off. That's that's my biggest thing. It's like they're trying so hard to play a gimmick. Like that's my my biggest issue with it. And they're not. If you're gonna do the '80s gimmick where you sound '80s and fruity, you better act '80s and fruity. At least (laughs) with the Mr. Brightside music video, it was so homoerotic. See, I I, I, the the video is definitely weird, but again, I. Absolutely love that song. Yeah, see, that was one that I I I listen to lyrics and I'm just like, this song means nothing. To be honest, so uh, Panic at the Disco is very famous for that shitty song. I gotta shit talk them in a bit, actually. I'm I'm alright with it. Uh, They're very famous for that song, I Write Sins Not Tragedies, which Mm -hmm. is basically the same chorus and same verse over and over again. That's what uh, Mr. Brightside is, too, kind of. Yeah, but it just sounds better. But with Sam's Town, it's if you listen to their discography, I mean, well, like I said, if you were to dive into that, it's easily their best. If I'm going to give one thing on this album a compliment, is that none of it sounds repetitive. Yes. Um, and that was my biggest complaint when I heard their earlier stuff. Is it all sounded the same? Correct. This one, it definitely has more structure, which is why I could see people saying it's their best album. Uh, it just the the voice is always gimmicked up, like mm-hmm. it's always got the echo effect on it or the the synthesizer on it, and I don't understand why because the guy has a good voice. He's got like he a a tenor, not a tenor necessarily, but that deep uh, falsetto. 
kind of voice. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, I just Is don't. Is that a baritone? Yeah. I, ju- I just oh, don't right, get, right. like, there for me, like, stuff like that. It's charmless. There's nothing in it that makes me say, "Oh wow!" Like that, I get what they were going for here because I don't. I, I I just see them trying to recreate magic from the past, and it does nothing for me. Um, but I liked. I I gave. I added two of the songs to my playlist, so there is something I took from it. What song? Um. Uh. What's it called? Bling or bling? bling? Bling. Bling is a decent song, and Uncle Johnny is a good song. Uncle Johnny's good. Um. Tony, Uncle Johnny. Tony, Uncle Philly. Uh. <laughs> um. <laughs> and but like I I don't like when we were young like. It's just it's very, the, the lyrics are very heavy-handed. Like I, that's my biggest issue overall is that not only is the sound unoriginal and uninspired, the lyrics are so heavy-handed, trying to sound smarter than it is. Mm-hmm. Make something fun, man. Like nothing about at least with that. Like uh, somebody told me song, it was a. It was. It sounded fun. I get why people like it, and it's a very British song because that. The, well, are these douchebag, douchebags British? No, they're from Las Vegas. So they're, they are stealing a sound. They sound British. Well, here, here's so a, a lot of bands. Yeah, everyone trying to be Morrissey, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like Morrissey won't show up. At least the killers still I'm, show I'm up. I'm sick. Yeah, right. Get the we're, fuck we're, out of here. We see you right now. Oh. I don't. I have a cold. Just, just, you just stick with the. Why didn't he just stick with the Smiths? There but, is a light that <laughs> never goes, goes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so um, the what, what they what they're doing is is that it, it, crowds in the U.S. and crowds uh, overseas are two completely different things. Sure, where they say is the U.S. beats the shit out of each other. Yes, the I, way I, it should be. <laughs> and what they do is overseas uh, overseas is that they bounce. So if you listen to that somebody told me song, it's got the perfect yeah, I bounce get that. beat. You know what I mean? So they, they found so, a target market market and they said let's just do this. And then I think there's I don't I don't have a problem with it I like I yeah, like dude, what they I are. I mean you're I, I have no qualms admitting that you're way more open minded uh, to music than I am. Yeah, In fact, right. We have another landlord challenge coming soon, oh, not cool. this week, and it's an album that she specifically said that she doesn't know if I'll like it entirely, but she thinks you'll really like. It. And I said, well, Taylor is super open minded about music. He tries to accept music for what it is, right? Um, and I respect that because you aren't like me where I hear things that other people may not, yeah, and it ruins it for me. Yeah, right. And and I. I openly admit that I'm not like someone that's sitting here like I'm way more snobby about movies than I am music I just say with music I know what I like and I know what I don't like yeah exactly and I find things sometimes like I wasn't expecting to love the Wonder Years as much as I did I wasn't expecting to like uh, the Ghost Inside or a Day to Remember as much as I did yep. but when it comes to this genre and this sound it's, it's not, really yeah. hard if it was you know what maybe if this came out in the 80s and it had that natural sound like this sounds like a forced 80s sound to me yeah, no, in the I 80s agree. that was the sound so I, I this one I gotta give like a 1 out of 5 okay. um it's it's tough for me, man. It's just it's really hard. Like for you, I don't expect everyone to like. If I say I want you to watch the original Dawn of the Dead, well, I know it's a masterpiece, and I think it's a masterpiece with an um an overinflated jo- genre on the zombie genre. It probably looks dated to some people. Yeah. So I would get why some people say it's not my thing. Or, or, or even like the same thing. Like I'm still not that. I watched Rosemary's Baby again recently. And you don't I'm get still, it. Still not a fan of yeah, it. Yeah. See, that's the thing. If you don't get it, you don't get it. And yeah. it, it, it's hard to say with this kind of sound. It just doesn't do it for me. It's the same thing with country music I, that sound it just doesn't yeah. well I gotta, I gotta tell you when at work we do a thing in the morning where it's like it's called name that tune just how we jump start every morning meeting okay. and uh-huh. every employee rotates where they, they pick the music and um, who, they, who? we have a new employee and he's like I don't know if you guys are gonna like my music <laughs> chicken fried you play <laughs> chicken fried by yeah. Zach Brown I was like Zach Brown I was like I know that I was like Mike is an asshole <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah 
one out of five. I'm that's sorry. Also I'm, why I, I don't care. That's why I haven't given you another country. Yeah, album, I, I don't say, want another horror rec- another horror movie. Oh, dude, you're gonna get one eventually. So. I, I, I know. I All right. So uh, the next, uh, I now go to your movie. Um, this was the first follow up so, in a trilogy, which I thought was kind of cool to do. So, um, yeah, dude, you gave me Glass. Yeah, which is the I, the, the, the third the conclusion to the Unbreakable trilogy that started all the way back in 2002 with Unbreakable, the surprise sequel and split in 2016. Yeah, and then Glass, which came out in 2018. So let me go out on a limb and say that this is the second best movie in the trilogy. Yeah, Split being number one and Unbreakable Unbreakable being the worst one, and that's not saying I'm probably vice versa. I probably um I'd probably put Unbreakable as my first favorite. Yeah. And then Glass and Split for me, it's it's really hard. I like both of them a lot. I, I will say Unbreakable is a fantastic origin story. Yeah. But just to get just to dive into it, I like how for a majority of the for the beginning of the movie, you do not see Mr. Glass. Yeah, yeah. And it, when you do, when they finally show him, he's just catatonic. Well, I, I also like how you like the first time you even realize Glass is you see Glass in the movie, it's from a first person perspective. Yeah, yeah. So that that was something pretty cool. Um. I don't know how McAvoy doesn't get any type of recognition <laughs> Dude, for this role. The, I don't get when it. When the guy was in the room changing the lights and he was shifting between characters you hadn't seen before when he's acting like a slutty girl at first. Dude, yo, yo, I, there's a Conor McGregor altar yeah. in there somewhere. And yeah. it's just, you just start... Fuck you, me! Like I can't do an Irish accent, yeah. but he's like starts screaming like he's Conor McGregor. The light flashes, then he's the beast. And each character, then he has, runs at the light, then he falls. And, and each he's character Patricia. has its own little quirks and body language that McAvoy like perfects. Dude, he, he's really playing like fifteen to twenty different yeah. people on top of his on top in of one Kevin scene, Wendell Crumb. In one scene, and that that those are my favorite scenes when the camera doesn't really cut at all. It's one continuous shot. Yeah, right. I think that looks amazing. Can I? So the one thing that I was absolutely blown away by that tied everything together that truly tied uh, this is a. Spoiler. Uh, I, yeah, whatever. Just say if you haven't seen it. Skip, no, but, skip two minutes ahead. But 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 I mean it, it's out. But yeah, I mean sure. like you see why how it connects. Um, Kevin Wendell Crumb, um, David Dunn, David Dunn, yeah, David Dunn, not I David was, Duke. That's the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. I, I was I remember you said that one <laughs> yeah. point. And I couldn't remember. <laughs> and then uh, Glass. There's one. The, There's a reveal that ties them all together, which again goes into the playing in the comic books where everything, like uh, when you look at Spider-Man, when he let in the original movie with Tobey yep. Maguire with the guy that shot his uncle, and yep. then and Spider-Man 3, that piece of shit, uh, the S- Sandman guy, was tied in as well. <laughs> yeah, right. So it, it tied the, the the arcs perfectly. There's there's so many good things going for this movie. Again, it's one of those things where you talked about it where critics are going to shit on it, but yeah. the people that that know the story love it. I'm in that I'm yeah. in that group that absolutely the characters loves this movie. are the characters Characters are what make it, and yeah. uh, Sarah Paulson was a really good addition. I thought as I was the gonna, doctor, I was. It just, it's just so funny how like Marsha Clark showed up twice. Yeah, this week yeah, for she, me. she's great. I mean, she kind of plays the same kind of role in every movie, but, but she's so good she's at really it. good at it. Um, now, one of the things I'd mentioned to you last week talking about it was the color schemes in there, mm-hmm. and the one part I wanted to mention specifically is glasses always wearing purple. Uh, Dunn is always in green, blue. A, a green, greenish, green, greenish. Green. And then Kevin Wendell Crumb or is, the Horde is uh, always in uh, yellow. yellow. Yeah. So the one scene specifically when she brings the three of them into the room and, and the starts making making them question their powers. If mm-hmm. there's just something in their head. She shows David Dunn the MRIs on it. He might have brain damage and that's why he doesn't feel pain. Or, and, or, or then the, the thing is with the Horde is like, well, I bent cor- the bars. I got shot. Yeah, but they're old and it was an old shelling, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that room, it was a like a faded pink room and pink is just a faded room. 
red. Yep. And that was representing the characters believing that their powers weren't real. They yeah. were kind of fading in their mind. And I, that little thing, like when you watch the way the colors are set up in each scene for each character, he's telling a story with the way he directed it, which for someone like me that really enjoys the product, the process of filmmaking yeah. and storytelling was brilliant. Um, it, for what whatever M. Night Shyamalan is and whatever you think of him, he is a brilliant cinematographer yep. and director. He knows how to convey the story with the visuals he's putting on screen. Very, very good at um, the, yeah, again, the tie-in to Kevin Wendell Crumb, David Dunn, and Glass was fantastic. Um, the bringing in the old characters from his son in Unbreakable to uh, 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 Samuel uh, Jackson's mother to uh, the girl uh, from Split, Split um, who I thought her conflict was very good knowing that Kevin Wendell Crumb, like her, was an abused child, mm. and she uh, has a level of sympathy as crazy as that much, must, much well, may be. She was the only one that really got him, yeah. to be honest. And then the, the big reveal about what was actually happening and then the way they ended the movie, I thought tied off the series perfectly and this one played the most like a comic book movie itself absolutely well um, I would say it's again it's another movie where you gave me where the ending is up to interpretation yeah absolutely what exactly happens with whatever is happening with who it mm -hmm. is so uh, if I give my God's honest opinion and my ranking it's a 7 yeah that's um, fair it's a very good movie a lot it's of fun if you're a fan of the first two you, it, there's no reason you shouldn't like it unless you're just taking other people's opinions dude it, it, it ties everything together beautifully yeah and it also again like I said with Annihilation it leaves everything up to discourse absolutely so that's so, a, it's a, it's a fantastic cool movie. well I'm glad you liked it I'm glad yeah. that you got to see this trilogy that I've been a fan of um, without even knowing it yeah right <laughs> watching Unbreakable and Split it's, it's the first trilogy you've really yeah, given yeah it's the first trilogy we, we've it. really um, gone into and um, if you like, again I think uh, if you go into it with the mindset that it's not going to be anything like Split it's going to be closer to Unbreakable but not really even like Unbreakable because Unbreakable mix two. Unbreakable didn't show its hand it wasn't as um uh, much a thriller as Split was, or a psychological thriller, yeah. I guess. But it was more straight down the straight down the middle drama. Correct. I would say. And um, again, Samuel Jackson, I thought was great. Awesome. Uh, one of the funny things in it, the woman that plays his mother was the same one from Unbreakable. Mm -hmm. Samuel Jackson is actually older than that actress. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Which is really, but he has not aged at all. Dude, how old is he? He's like in his mid seventies now, right? He's got to be up there. He has not aged at all. I was just watching Pulp Fiction like two weeks ago. He's exactly. The and same. I'm like, he looks exactly the same. Dude. And I forgot how much I love Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is excellent. So um, I know. You liked Hateful Eight more than me, right? Not really. Oh, so... so I, I liked I, it upon my, my first... Okay, I can't say Hateful Eight sucks. It's just something I watched and I was like... It, it was too Tarantino. It, it's it's very Tarantino. So the thing it's, that they just did on Netflix, I don't know yeah. if you saw this, what? they released Hateful Eight into a four-part miniseries. It's called the Hateful Eight Extended Edition. Okay. And the way that he filmed it, um, he filmed it on 35-millimeter film, and okay. it, in certain theaters that play that, there was actually an intermission between, because it's supposed to play like an old mi miniseries. So they cut it up, and he edited it specifically like the way he wrote it. That I actually think I'll like more. I might I, actually watch that because I think I'm that'll intrigue me more because I feel like it played better in like a, a drawn out series than it would have a movie. Yeah, because it, it's very much it's the same thing. Most Tarantino dialogue movies, shoot him up. Dialogue, dialogue shoot, shoot him up. up. We're all stuck in this yeah. fucking room together. It was almost like four rooms. Yeah, almost, yeah, and I love is, four rooms. Yeah, four rooms is great. I love Tim and Roth the and Tim Roth. Tim Roth does rule. Um, okay, so why don't we do this week's picks? Um, why don't you go first? Okay, so for this week's pick, I've had a very hard time trying to figure out what to give you. Uh, I um, was actually like 20 minutes before you got here I was like oh I didn't think of a movie Yeah, <laughs> I, I do this thing every week where I don't think of what I'm going to give you to literally sit down and you ask me what I'm going to give you which is crazy because you've probably seen more movies than albums that you love I've heard 
Yeah. You've probably seen the same amount. You've probably seen a lot of the movies that I would like to give. Like, yeah. Ralph had seen a lot less movies. Yeah, right. Because you're more of a movie buff than he is. Yeah. Um, so that's what's surprising. But there's a million bands that you love that I don't know that well. So I'd like to hear what you're giving me so this week. So what, what, what I'm giving you this week is... Is it now that's what I call music volume 77? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, what I'm going to give you this week, I actually, I was listening to it on my way up here. Okay. And um, it's a band I very much love and adore. And their album that came out last year, which I'm going to give you, was my top two album that came out last Last year, okay. I'm giving you Architects. Holy hell! Okay, um, I've heard a little bit of the Architects. Yeah, so they're very. They're again, it's metalcore. It's very straight down the middle metalcore, and their lead singer Sam Carter is one of the most underrated frontmen in the genre today. Okay. Um, Architects were around for a while before they hit big with their album yeah, I was Lost Together, say, I, Lost I, I Forever. Heard, I've heard I heard of them back in like 2014. Yeah, I think, right. When I first heard about them, because that was when their first their first album really hit in the U.S. They were big. They were big in the U.K. where they're from, sure. but they never really hit it big over here, um, unless you were a hardcore fan. So Holy Hell was the first album that came out since the death of their guitar player and main songwriter Tom Cyril. I believe it was cancer um, at the tender age. I think like 32 or 33 years old. Um, his his brother's the uh, his brother was the or is still excuse me the drummer of the band. Okay, um, that's cool. They really keep it together despite losing like the the glue of the band. I, after after Tom passed away, they took about a year. Should have David Lee Roth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my yeah, right. Oh my God! But they, they took about a year hiatus after Tom passed away, and then the um because they didn't they wanted to see if they could even get the motivation, the inspiration. Right, because Tom wrote all yeah. the music, and it's even crazier that well. It's even crazier that like since he passed away, like this album is basically just a tribute to Tom, and okay. it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I want to highlight one song in there specifically, sure. which was my which was my number one song that that was released, I believe, uh, a year before it came out. Okay, was the song Doomsday. Doomsday. Um, it was the first song they released since Tom passed away, and it, they said. I don't know exactly how it went, but they said that it was. Um, they found this like outline of a song, like in a, in a, deep in a hard drive, and. It oh, was so what, it was like some kind of uh, demo they were working on, just it was, for like jamming out and it, to see if they could get anything to stick. It was the last song. That's cool. That's it was cool. the last song that Tom had worked on. Okay. And that's cool. It wasn't finished, so they finished it and they released it as a standalone single, and then they added it to uh, to the record, which I don't normally like when you release a single so far out from a record and then they put it on the record, like. It's something I don't normally like, but this fits beautifully. This album is fantastic. It was my top two record that came out last cool. year, and I really hope you like it. Cool. And I, like I said, just li I want you to listen to Sam Carter, their okay. lead singer. He's I'm, a, he's I'm a, going in completely raw, dog. <laughs> he's a fantastic. Spit on it for. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready, bitch. Bite the pillow. Yeah, it's but, me. <laughs> but uh, Sam is amazing. Listen, he's very much Shane Toldesk, where he could sing beautifully and he could scream like a motherfucker, and you can understand what he cool. says. Cool. So I'm very excited to awesome. hear what you have to say. Okay, about so Holy as Hell. I as I said, as far as the movie goes, like 20 minutes before you got here, I'm like, oh, I didn't think of anything. Yeah, I, um, I listen, and to, so, to put that in perspective, I was an hour late. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I had plenty of time to think about it. Literally, landlord went out last night, and I stayed home, and I didn't think about it once. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I know that you're a Kubrick fan, but I know you don't go crazy deep on a lot of the Kubrick stuff. You know the famous ones, The Shining, Clockwork Orange, like 2001, but I know there's some you haven't seen. Uh -huh. And when the one I want to give you was actually his last movie before he passed. Um, technically, his last movie was Artificial Intelligence, but that movie sucks, okay. and Sp Spielberg bastardized it. Uh -huh. um, so I'm going to give you Eyes Wide Shut. Um, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. Well, this is basically you Tom watch. Tom Cruise. You watch. I Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> eyes wide shut. Uh, <laughs> so idiot. eyes wide shut. Th 
This is one. Um, I'm I'm a huge Kubrick fan. I saw this shortly after it came out. I remember I rode my bike to the video store to rent it because I love Stanley Kubrick, and uh-huh. I, I didn't really get it when I was young because the movie is so multi-layered, like most Stanley Kubrick movies are. Um, there's a lot of uh, symbolism in this to the occult, to um, human trafficking, sex rings, things like that. Robert Kraft. Um, yeah, Robert Kraft. Uh, kind, kind. I mean, in theory, it, it's kind of alluding to things like that. The elite okay. that are controlling things and run uh, sex rings, pedophilia rings. It's very, very trippy. Okay. It's very out there. Um, this movie, it, uh, it's in... Uh, see, I like every Kubrick movie. Mm-hmm. There isn't one that I dislike. I love all That's of them. That's not true. You just said the last one. Well, that wasn't... He didn't direct it, technically. Okay. I, he wrote okay. it and he had uh, made the storyboards for the first part. So it's just Stanley Kubrick's Artificial Intelligence but Steven Spielberg directed it. But of the oh, ones okay. he directed, um, Eyes Wide Shut is not in the, my top three because it, it, I love all of his it's movies. Just, but this is cringe. one, the more I've watched it, the more I've enjoyed it. There's more you could take away from it. There's so many people that think that Stanley Kubrick was killed because of this movie, that he didn't die naturally. What, because, what, do, you mean, what do you mean by that? Explain Well, that. because if you believe in the, the theories that politicians are involved in these type of sex rings, which there is some validity to, there yeah. is some proof and evidence that whether what you believe as far as conspiracies go, there is a certain amount of actual proof of this and there's plenty of other stuff that's up for debate okay and there's people that believe that because he was exposing this and he didn't ever get to work on the finish he died like after they finished editing and filming it really and some people think that there were other parts that he wanted in there that no one knows what happened to the film that adds to a little bit more of the uh mystery around the movie okay but i don't want to give away too much away because there's so much unpacking this movie like vanilla sky where it was kind of like what the fuck i was gonna say it's definitely on a trippier level than vanilla sky because it's also it's also grounded in more reality than Vanilla Sky okay. is. Um, but Tom Cruise is fantastic. Kubrick's direction in this one, you see why there will never be another Stanley Kubrick, why there is only one Stanley Kubrick, and why no one will ever be able to replicate what Stanley Kubrick had done in his career. Okay. So, Eyes Wide Shut, uh, I think this came out in 2000, I want to say, maybe 99. So 99 I was really young, so I, I make sense why I didn't get it. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why I don't love it as much, because I was so young and I couldn't process everything. From your initial reaction. But, exactly. So, I'm going to watch it again this week. I just watched it again a few months ago because mm. I really want to like take some notes myself and the little things I pick up on right. on it but there's hours upon countless hours of the things you can take away from this movie okay. it's mentioned it's referenced in that documentary room 237 about the shining um, that where they go into the conspiracy theories he layers in there um, if you if you are a, a fan of filmmaking a fan of storytelling and obviously we're fans of Tom Cruise Big I think you're gonna Cruise. love this movie you, um, you might Cruise. you might need to watch it a couple times honestly because you're gonna be like what the fuck did I just watch and I don't I, I might even ask you watch it more than once like, watch well, it early in the week and then watch it again at the end of the week I'm gonna try to watch because I'm off of work on Tuesday okay I got some shit I gotta take cool. care of so I'm probably gonna end up watching it at least twice on I, Tuesday. I would suggest because I think the first time there's such a what the fuck did I just watch moment yeah, right. and then you should even read into some of the theories in there and the things that you may have missed because yeah, right. I think once that happens like remember when I sent you the article about hereditary and all the things in it and uh-huh. that made you like even like it even more yeah um kind of like that and so, I've only seen hereditary once correct. I think that's a one and done so for me, eyes but. wide shut uh cool. was my pick for the week awesome. um all right I think we might as well just dive into this I'm in. Game of Thrones Game of Thrones Game of Thrones episode 2 um, after my I had more a way more lukewarm reception to it I think some people thought I was being too harsh on it I thought I was, I was one of them I, I thought I was fair in my criticism because I still liked it I wasn't just shitting on it well, I didn't say it sucked you, you didn't shit on it to shit on it no I'll I didn't I was like but which, some, which, some which, of, you, which you are very capable I, of doing I love doing that yeah you're very and, good at it 
I, I love doing that because I like getting reactions out of people. And Yo. I, I thought I was just being fair, but there's so many Game of Thrones fans that they'll take it at everything it does. Where I shit on, I've, I, there's episodes of Sopranos I don't What's like. That's my right. favorite show. Well, I, I, I would say be, that's the other thing too. You're very critical, but you, but you're but you're criticizing. I'm not criticizing just to criticize. No, you, you're pointing out legit things. Yeah, and it's like people. But think, it's something that a normal viewer, kind yeah, of more like myself, yeah, won't normally pick sure, up on. Sure. So yeah, that so I episode two. Within the first 15 minutes, I said, I literally said, I already like this so much more than last week. It was the fantastic. scene with uh, Jamie Lannister in front of the council at Winterfell, in front of Sansa, Daenerys, and Jon Snow, and then obviously all the people in the north. The tension that you could cut in that scene, that I like, I didn't know what was going to happen, dude, the, and it, I was like, holy shit! Dude, like, the, uh, I felt like just pure tension. Dude, the fact that like they're like they're talking to him, and then you hear Daenerys talking about the stories, what we would do to that man that killed our father, and then correct, all you hear is Bran just drops the the, the things we do for love. Yeah, and you're just and, and you're like, dude, immediately oh. your butthole just tightens. You're like, um, oh god, what's going to happen? Uh, so that, like I said, it was so there was so much tension in the in the air in that scene. Fantastic. And then, the 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 scene with uh, Daenerys and Sansa was very well done. Where you think that they're they're suddenly getting each other, and then she pulls her hand dude, away. I, like again, more anxiety, and like you're yeah. you're just seeing Sansa start and, to take over. And the dude. thing that I thought this episode captured perfectly that I that it just did not click with me in episode one was the reunion between Sansa and Theon Greyjoy. Big that deal, to me, man. Did you see that, that to me was more emotional than anything any reunion in the first episode. Well, well because Theon's the only one that could re that really understands what she went through. With yeah, the whole, her. Like, and Bolton. she was more excited to see Theon than she was any of her actual siblings because yep. he was there for everything with Ramsay Bolton. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought that was incredibly well done. Uh, I know people got teary-eyed at that. Obviously, the knighting of Brienne was uh, very well done. Yeah, that, I saw so many memes as like, find yourself someone that, uh, that was as happy for you as Tormund was Tormund for Brienne. For Brienne. Uh, Tormund, yeah. you know, Tormund's one of those characters that... I want to dislike because of how much everyone loves him. Like yeah. even when I, I when I was a huge Walking Dead fan, and I liked Daryl Dixon. I hated all the if Daryl dies, we riot kind of thing. I'm like yeah. it's a character, but Tormund just makes me laugh. He's so funny. Dude. The story told about getting breast milk from a giant. I was I was rolling do, at. Do you want to know why I'm I'm Tormund? <laughs> they call me Giant Spain. No one asks why. And yeah. He just pulls up a chair. He just pulls up a chair like a <laughs> badass. He's great. Um, the that I, whole scene with all of them around the fire, kind was, of just drinking and kind of like enjoying well, each other's the, company. The landlord was, said it, and then it was funny because she said it, and and then right after the episode, Grohow texted me, and first thing she said that he said as well was, "This reminds me of right before Helm's Deep and yep. the two towers." Mm -hmm. And so now this week we have the battle. One, you know, one does not simply go Helm's yeah, Deep. Exactly. <laughs> and um, the thing that I I, re I was reading last night about this week's episode, which by the time we post this, um, it actually get posted a little earlier. But by the time people listen to it this week, the episode have already aired on the Battle of Winterfell. Is that the yes. director of it is the same guy that directed the Battle of the Bastards? Dude, it looks and ridiculous. He said that what he did he realized how difficult it is in the Battle of the Bastards to film a scene that massive but he said there was something that was easier about it because it was from John's perspective so it was one character that you were getting the perspective of in the episode and one of the best episodes of the show and he said the two towers is what he referenced the most because it showed it from multiple perspectives well you have uh, to at yeah. that point because and you have you have this giant cast of characters correct. that after all this time was finally together at this one massive battle I mean let's just start from the top you got finally Jamie Lannister correct. Brianna Tarth Jon Snow Daenerys Aris Targaryen, who just didn't, who didn't really get to da Westeros, Davos, Davos. Tyrion, um, Var Varys, Varys um, Sansa, the, Arya, the little girl, Gen Gendry, the, the little, the little girl, whatever, the one that was arguing with uh, Jorah, with, uh, with Jorah about it. Jorah's oh, there. Oh, oh, Mormont. Yeah, yeah. You know that was something. Uh, Lyanne Mormont. Yeah, yeah, which I, I didn't think of until like you saw them together. They're like, oh shit, they are they're, related. They're cousins. I, yeah. like because Jorah was so far yeah. removed from um, Westeros. I thought a scene like Sam giving his family sword to Jorah was incredible. Yeah. Um, the pat the time. 
tying off the arc about how Jorah's father was his um, was, 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 was more of a father figure exactly. than, his, than his father and, was. Um, so now the question, I thought that, again, the tension was just incredible. The reveal to John and Daenerys, um, where that's going to go. And I think Arya it, getting it in, which I need to talk about for a second. I think people, yeah, right. People were offended people by the fact that Arya down. got fucked. People need to calm down. Okay, first off, she's a 22-year-old girl. She ain't fucking 14. Her character is supposed to be 18 years old. Right. You've seen Sansa get raped multiple times. You've seen a lot of rape on the show. There's how, a lot of rape. How many, Game of rape. <laughs> rape of thrones. How many times has Arya killed someone? She The murder, the rape. The, granted, Walder, granted like, she, like, Walder Frey deserved to die. But She the, made him eat his children. Eat his children, And dude. people are upset about this, like genuinely offended. And I understand, the, the aspect I understand is that in the viewer's eyes, she's still a little girl. She was a little girl when you saw her. She's been such a central figure. But she turned into this, like, warmongering badass three seasons ago. And she was groomed by the Hound, for Christ's sake. And then Brianna Tarth, dude. And now this girl, who's never had any affection since her father passed away. Her father was killed, excuse me. Well, yeah, but she, she yeah. says, you know what? I'm probably going to die tomorrow. I need you to deep dick me, Gendry. Give me some of that Baratheon juice. <laughs> and, and people were actually offended by it. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Why do you need to be offended? It's it's, it's people looking to be offended within well, a show they that, need that to doesn't feel like they're, offend they, people. They need to make themselves victims. Like, I can't believe they did that. But uh, she, now, to be fair, she does look like she's 15. I will give you that. Yeah. But she's not. Here, here, she's okay. not. So, it's so, also a reality show. She's getting fucked while two dragons are flying above, and you're mad about a little fucking consensual adults having sex? Dude, first Grow of all, up. Dude, in a show that is completely, ba like, not bad. Fantasy. But is completely fiction. It's fantasy. Don't even call it fiction. Fiction would imply that you and I join the NBA. That's fiction. This is fantasy, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, right? But, like, you have to, it can just take, it's part of the show. If that's the most ridiculous thing the show's ever done, then sure, I understand. Look at my actual notes it for this, what it says. Game of Thrones, episode two, Arya gets fucked. <laughs> she did. I was happy. I was happy. because It was her idea. Yeah, she said, hey, listen, we're going to die. I'm going to open my clam burger, and you're going to break my hymen. <laughs> that was actually the exact line from the show. <laughs> oh, my God. That quote, quote, unquote. The battle of the hymens. But... Dude, I, I have to say, like, so the last two weeks we were talking about Game of Thrones. We always started with who's gonna die, and the who, two weeks in a row. Who, that better better question this week is who's who gonna live? Who doesn't die? <laughs> yeah, who doesn't die? Uh, I think I think Brienne's a goner. Her arc has been closed. I, I but there I is hope. an element that because it's it seems so obvious yeah, that maybe she not. lives. Like um, maybe she saves Tormund and then gets killed, I, or Tormund goes to save her and then he gets killed. I think Tormund's a goner too, to be fair. I well, again, a secondary character. It it all depends on who dies tonight. But uh, the 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 pe the people I think are gonna die, Beric Dondarrion, Tormund Giant Spain, and then Sam Gilly. Uh, Gilly's dead. I don't think Sam's Everyone dead. in that crypt is dead besides Tyrion. Tyrion will get away. I think Varys is gonna die. V Varys is gonna die. Um because the whole thing with the crypt and it's been obvious. They keep talking about how safe it is, how safe it is. Yeah, oh. it's really safe. But here's... So the Night King can raise dead bodies from the ground, right? Notice that when they show the army, the dragon and Night King weren't seen. Now, the fa one fan theory is that the Night King has actually gone to King's Landing. What? What? What's the, what? He went, he's going to King's Landing. To because do what? Because if he can turn everyone that's south then you could close in on the people surviving. Wow. Um, and he also knows that the dragon 
the dragon being a white walker now mm -hmm. or a white whatever you want to call white, it yeah. is not immune to fire and there's two dragons so the dragon wouldn't last very long yeah right so that theory makes a lot of sense actually I don't know what it is <laughs> now there's a lot of people that think that when that the crypt will get raised and you'll see the body of, of Ned Stark I, uh, maybe I'm, Catelyn I, Stark I, that's, I, that's why well, I think Arya's running away from tell me, tell, well, me it, if it, I, tell me if I'm wrong here but I remember it, when it, I think it was season 2 or 3 when uh, they had Jamie uh, prisoner Rob Stark did and Catelyn that they that they brought Catelyn the remains of Ned or was it just his head in the box? It was I a box. I think it was just. A, I think it was just his head. So a headless Ned Stark. I'd but be like, I don't even know who this skeleton is. It might be because I'm trying to remember. Because, I thought it looked like he was a cremated. Well, I also remember because after uh, Ned got beheaded, she, Joffrey made Sansa stare at at his head the whole time, and then it but was what happened a, to his body. That, that's the thing. So it, it could be his body. It could be a head. Whatever. But like that's why I I'm very much uh, uh, very much think that when you see Arya running away from in, it's from a the family trailer, member. It's it could be well, Rob. Well. It, oh, okay, I didn't think of that. But here's the other thing. So a lot of fans of the books are always clamoring for you haven't seen Lady Stoneheart, which, yes, is, a which, is, which is a resurrected uh, Catelyn, Catelyn Star. Star. Correct. So I think if there's any time to pay homage to the books, here it is. Yeah, correct. And in a very, very small role, because Lady Stoneheart is a murderer. In yeah, the books. it's a major character as well. So exactly. you can put it in there in a different way. So I mean, that's one way to pay homage. That's one thing I would think. But again, I think now, in this the, ep oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. the director also stated that this episode, you know, it's an it's a war scene. But Hour he said, and twenty minutes. He called it survival horror, and that to me meant oh. Like, so it's gonna, gonna be, be like a mix of like. Uh, a mix of like actual battles, I, fighting, and then it's going to be. He said that a, an hour of the episode is just nonstop fighting, so that means twenty minutes is going to be some, something some else entirely. Shit. Grieving, maybe. I uh, now uh, Josh's theory. I'm I. You know, there's a couple theories that I'm like I I kind of am buying into a little bit. Bob's theory. Like I'm putting both. No, not that one because that was dumb. <laughs> and the one that Josh said last week is that he thinks that um, the Night King is a MacGuffin, and a MacGuffin in the story is. A diversion to what the actual plot line is. So everyone's all afraid of the Night King. Night King's going to do this, this, and that. But the theory is if you kill the Night King, the rest of the whites will fall. Yeah, correct? right. So we saw last week that John revealed to Daenerys that he is actually a Targaryen and the rightful heir to the Iron Throne. Daenerys and Daenerys' reaction wasn't that, oh my God, I just fucked my nephew. It was, you're trying to take the Iron Throne from it's, me. That's the first, yep. So let's say the theory here is that the Night King dies. Arya's weapon, if you notice, it's a shaft, but it, the picture that she drew, she got the shaft too, um, that the picture she drew, the uh, diagram that she drew for Gendry when she wanted it made, it detaches and shoots out like an arrow. Yeah, right. Say Arya kills the Night King. We also saw how accurate her throwing was when she mm -hmm. was trying to hit on Gendry the first time. Yeah, and, and Gendry was like, yeah, I'm about it. I'll make it right he's now. He's like, I'll stick it in more accurate than that. Yeah. And so... Then so let's say they kill the Night King, and now the actual conflict is between Daenerys, the Unsullied, and Jon Snow and Winterfell, and King's Landing as well. Well, you also—I mean, listen—you. I think in, Daenerys is going to go mad. I think she's going to get the Mad Targaryen. I'm that's that's what I saw. I, I saw it when when, when, when she burned when she burned the Tarleys. Um, and then uh, Tyrion was advising her, "Don't burn the don't burn these people." Like after it's one they... of the last great houses in Westeros. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm very much I think that's going to happen, and I honestly think that. Uh, oh my god, dude, this fucking show. I, I honestly I, think that there's so many theories that there's the better chance that none of them are true and something else entirely. I I, I think we'll see Malisandra this week. Uh, we uh, have to. Um, I also didn't know that actress is married to Guy Pierce, so I like her so much more now. Yeah, Guy right. Pierce rules. Great. And Guy Pierce rules too. Guy Pierce is great. <laughs> um, so I, I think uh, they said that the, this is going to have the most characters in an episode since the very first episode. When they had which everyone. is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, we didn't see Cersei at all last week. I'm very 
you don't show the Golden Company without them having a major part to play. So I'm I'm trying to figure well, out and with where only, it's going to be. After this week, only three episodes left. But I, I listen, because of the three episodes left, the only thing I could see happening is them defeating the White Walkers once and for all this week or something big happening. But yeah. if they defeat the White Walkers, then your last three episodes, what's going to happen between John and Daenerys and then how they're going to take care of the Golden Company and Cersei? Okay. So th- there's a... There's so much more room. There's a lot of moving parts going on. So it's hard to really call, but... Last week's episode, I you tweeted about it earlier in the week. I was actually it was that night after the episode mm-hmm. premiered. You go, honestly, the first two episodes make it one, and it's perfect. Yeah, if you I, I, you could trim probably twenty minutes off the first episode mm. and mesh it into the second episode and make it an hour and a half, hour and forty, and it's perfect. Then I hope someone doesn't edit like that. But you, you also said too is like when Game of Thrones is at its best, when, there, I, there's I, nothing better. I will go down swing with that. When when Game of Thrones does their best effort and puts on their best episodes, it's the best show on TV and it's one of the best shows of all time. Um, That's not to say that they don't you know that they're perfect every time. What show is? I can't think of a show that is perfect. Well, like in Breaking Bad, the most divisive episode is one fly. I like. I like the episode a lot, but a lot of people don't. I hate the fly. And I, I think it's a brilliant piece of storytelling. But again, uh, there's very few shows that can be perfect from start to finish. Mm. The Wire might be the only one I can think of. The Leftovers, Six Feet Under, or two of the few, the uh, Dead, a few that I can think of. Deadwood, Deadwood is close. Oz. Oz, Oz is even there's there's hit or miss. Yeah, right. Um, you know, Game of Thrones. I think it, it lacks. I think it suffers when they give lesser actors too heavily, heavily too much, too dialogue. Much too much dialogue, specifically. Yeah. Jon Snow's great in action scenes, but when he's expected to carry a scene with his words, it's he bats about 250. Like, the, like, Daenerys like, bats about 120. <laughs> the, the, there were a couple times with the, uh, where Jon like, really stole the show. Like the, yeah, like, he's had some great moments. Like, like there was, like, there was like, specifically when Sam reveals that he's a Targaryen mm-hmm. to him, and like he walks up to him. I remember I was at Qua- Quaz and Bob's house, and we both looked at each other. Are like, you watching it with them tonight again? Yes, I must oh, watch the rest of little mandate. Yeah, right? No, every Sunday. Menage a trois. <laughs> Menage a trois. But anyway, so like, I, as soon as he says it, I go to Quaz. I'm like, dude, he's going to fucking punch him. I, I don't know why. That's the first thing. It looked like he was going to punch I him. I thought he was going to punch him too or stab him for being down in the crypt. And now everyone's in the fucking crypt. Yeah, right. Um, so but, yeah, I'm very, very excited for tonight. I think everyone is collectively excited about this. I, so I, I was I was at work and I and I went to, because I work in HVAC, I went to the supply house because I was on a job and I was talking to my buddy Mike about it. And Mike goes, listen, I, I call out of work. Do what you got to do. Make it till Sunday at nine o'clock. You you cannot miss it. Yeah, you were gonna you go can. to sleep before it. No, no, no. You know, uh, he's saying I like the landlord. She said, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I'm like the fuck you will. No, you're, you're gonna absolutely make it. gonna like, make it because there's no way you're gonna avoid spoilers after this. Nah, dude. And that's well, beautiful. Um, with the spoilers thing because uh, this is I'm watching it live. I can watch it from my own sure. home. So I guess if you want to segue right into your next thing, yeah, sure. Um, so in, into the uh, Endgame stuff. Yes, Avengers Endgame, which you have not seen yet, but I saw, and um, I think we'll wait for Josh to be here so we well, can really d- have a discussion on it. And give also, it a week so, so, we I, so, talk, so you can see it so too. I can actually see it. But I also know give what listeners happens. a week. So where they can, we don't yeah, have to. I don't exactly. have to reveal things. So I, I just want to make everyone. I want to make sure everyone's aware. I spoiled it for myself, so I, no one could spoil yeah, it for me. Yeah. Because I, it's the it's the biggest. It's going to be the biggest opening in movie it history. It already is. And so I, it's, it's going to get spoiled. Big, it's going to be the biggest movie of all time. So that, that goes. <laughs> so I'm. I more or less wanted to understand, know what was happening, figure it out, and that was it. Yeah. So um, you had a nice little troll job with a buddy of mine. Uh, and, and you did it. You did it indirectly. <laughs> yeah. So Dan is very good at just 
getting a rise out of people. I like fuck. I like making people squirm in their so, seats. So my my, my I buddy, throw my dad's ashes at them sometimes. <laughs> You're so, uncomfortable now. My dad's covering you. So so I my do like LeBron. Yeah yeah right. Just the yeah, fucking exactly. dust in the air. So uh, my buddy Tyler, you must have posted a status about. I, po- my, my, I posted a status and just said. Can't wait to see Avengers and post spoilers after. And then you just had a plethora of people getting pissed at Dude, you. Dude, I got messages from people saying, fuck you. I'm like, I didn't do anything. Yeah, you didn't do anything yet. Yeah, like, you, you, you make me want to. Yeah, right? I so, wasn't going to. So my buddy Tyler texted me. Actually, I showed it to you. Yeah. My buddy Tyler texted me and goes, if he spoils it, I've been waiting 10 years for this. I'm going to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and, I'm, and I go, Tyler, it's like, I go, I go you, should just, up. you should just block him then. Yeah. Or and, just unfollow me. I, I, nothing I, pops up. I, I, I did play it up a little bit. You yeah, know I know. What I mean? Well, that, and then I, he, he posted the thing and I commented on it. I was I've like, got news for you. Oh, I got news for you. But sir. it's one of those things where I mean, from what I've read and and what I've people have talked about, and from the little parts that you've told me, mm-hmm. it's absolutely perfect. It it just it just it does everything as, perfectly. I don't think there's any way they could have done it better. Yeah, the way they they culminated it. Um, I I really don't. And um, I, I, I was going to save this for a last word, but I don't think we're actually going to do a last word today because we're going to just do draft talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so what I was gonna, my last word originally was going to be is I don't think the Marvel movies are ever going to do bad or tank, but I don't think that – I think if there's ever going to be a time where you see them stop doing as well, it's any everything after Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man's the official closing of Phase 3. This is not the end of Phase 3. Spider-Man's going to be. The second uh, one. The one that's coming out yeah, soon. Right, yeah, right, right. That's going to be the official last movie in Phase 3. And I think it's going to be really hard to duplicate – the success of this because I are people gonna have the patience for 21 movies again without the characters that made them fall in love with it I know I'm not and I said I remember I brought it up I think it was a week or two weeks ago yeah. where I'm like after this and after phase three I might just be done yeah I mean I'll still watch them but I think as far as going to the theater yeah I mean I wasn't going to theaters before well, Infinity War well, my, I didn't see any of them in the theater what, I didn't see any in the theater post uh, Guardians of the Galaxy to Infinity well, War the only ones I saw in the th- like I saw like uh, the early ones obviously but yeah. like I didn't see Dark World in theater I didn't I see Ant-Man in theater I saw and all of them in the theater Theater ex- except after because I think was it Age of Ultron then Guard no it was it was Guardians. Age of Ultron was after Guardians yes. so Age of Ultron was the last one I saw in the theater mm-hmm. and I didn't see anything in the theater in between until Infinity War see, so I, I didn't see Guardians two I didn't see uh, Ant Man Ant Man and the Wasp I didn't see Black Panther I didn't see Ragnarok um, I, didn't, so I, I wish I saw I, Ragnarok I, I didn't see Spider Man in the theater so I didn't I see s- any of those until Infinity War because I was like all right I'm intrigued because I started this I was I was there for Iron Man opening weekend yeah, I saw right. it. And I was like, this is great. This is fantastic. And I wrote it through. So Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, Thor, Thor the Dark World, Captain America, Winter Soldier, uh, Guardians 1, Avengers. Um, I went and saw all of them. Which, okay, by the way, so without giving anything away, obviously, knowing that we are very much in agreement that Winter Soldier is the most complete movie. Yes, I agree. Is, does, does, is, is Endgame close? So my list, number, wait, wait, like, one, was, like, like, number not, one was Winter Soldier, Soldier, number two was Infinity War. Correct. I would put this above Infinity War. So this would be your new number two. It, it, I have to see it again. It okay. might be number one. It might be. I, I, the fact that it was a three-hour movie, and it that, didn't feel like when, three it, hours? when it was ending, when I realized that it was just about to end, I was like, "This was three hours." Yeah, I right. was like, "Holy!" I, I, that's, see, I love a long movie. Like, you're, you're I, not, if I you're not the, the movies, only one to say that to yeah, me either. I, I love a long movie, but even in the three-hour movie that I love, yeah, I can right. feel 
three hours. Okay. This one did not feel like three hours. Paul Rudd had me rolling laughing. Um, you could see my spoiler for your review on youwatchilisten.com. Um, and everyone said specifically, like, you know, that saw it was like, you did a great job talking about it without giving it away. So I'm going to tip a cap to myself for not being a scumbag. Good. Um, Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, it's just... Breaking the mold. There, there's, there's so many things in the movie that I, I really like. The things that I didn't like weren't enough for me to be disenchanted by. Right. Um, Josh, for example, tweeted something about it, and he got all kinds of hateful tweets that he had to make his Twitter account private. I, I saw that, yeah. Um, did, yeah. He, did he delete that tweet? Yes, he did delete it because people were just hounding him about it. And the point he made, it was true they did it. So um, so what was the point that he made? He said that there's, um, out, he said outside of the little girl power moment in the movie, there's this moment with Captain Marvel and Blackwood, not Black Widow, uh, someone else, uh, a bunch of the chicks. Sorry. Um, uh, uh, the Wasp. Um, yeah, right. like It's just like this little moment and I was like, alright, I get what they're trying to do. A little, There's another little social message point, but but they weren't central plot points. They were just little like, hey, we're we're woke kind of things. Right. But it wasn't anything that bothered me but, to the point. But it was obvious that they did it. And I'm sure there's people like, I believe they put that in there and did just this one Disney. Was it, well, was it kind of like in the Battle of Wakanda when you see Black Widow Surrey and then like uh, Yeah, kinda. But again, it was so like I have to I that that's how like minimal it was to me, is that I don't even remember the exact moment. I just remember saying like, oh that. I remember right. what happened saying, oh, that, and then two minutes later, I forget. Um, so, so, super... what you're, so what you're saying is Josh just made an observation. Yeah, and, and he got people, people calling got... him a sexist, a pig, uh, alt-right, shit like that. I just, I, I'm, um, I'm tired now, of Now, the shit. other thing, there is a big social justice warrior moving against this movie, and um, of course there is. is a character that basically, I wrote this in the thing, there's a character that becomes basically the dude. He becomes Big Lebowski. Um, it's it's uh, he's depressed. Uh, he becomes fat. He's got like dreads almost. He's got a beard. He's drinking all the time, and it becomes a, a, a funny. It's very funny. It's a running gag in the movie, and sure enough, people are saying it's not cool. I'm done with this uh, this franchise because they're making fun of fat, depressed people. You know what I love doing more than anything making is making fun, fun of, of making fun of fat, depressed fat people, depressed people, and especially fat, depressed people. So making fun of me. Oh, you're not that depressed. You're depressing to look at. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> but like, to think that it's... Okay, it's, again, a fake movie. All movies are fake, but it's a fantasy movie. And that they're... they're specifically it's about trying, a sentient they're being. Trying to think that they're trying to pick on fat, depressed people. Shut up. Who cares? Dude? Shut up. There, but there's so much fan service in this movie. This well, is, if you got problems being fat and depressed, how about you go to the fucking gym? Are you talking to yourself? Yes! <laughs> Um, but there's so much fan service in this movie to people that started with the very first one and wrote it through. Yeah. References that almost I forgot about where I was like, holy shit. Um, like real big callbacks that don't just feel like they're just there to get a pop. There there, there was one callback that like that uh, that they talked about in the spoiler review. By the way, shout out Jeremy Jans. Fucking awesome. Okay. Um, that they talked about that there's one, there's one character that comes back that he was like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And it's... it's there's it, a couple of those moments, honestly. It, I mean, if I may give you... Uh, uh, the the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the guys like the the actors. I'm not gonna give him his name, but I'll give you his uh, sure. his uh, his uh, initials is R R. Okay. And that like that he makes a comeback yes. in it. Yeah. So that I heard that was pretty. Yeah. Cool. No, there there's a couple of those, man. It's um it had a lot of heart. It was very funny. I did not cry, but I could tell you the theater was sobbing. See, okay, sobbing. Okay, okay, okay. And I okay. got yelled at because I laughed. Okay, because I would have laughed too. So, because I, I got yelled at at the Harry Potter premiere. Believe me, same shit happened to me. Well, um, the fact that you were at the Harry Potter premiere makes me laugh alone. Deathly Hallows Part Two was fucking great. Yeah, Shut up. So anyway, so uh, it was. I, 
my biggest pet peeve in this world. That's not true. My, one of my biggest pet peeves in this world is people fucking clapping and cheering so at the I, theater. There's only one time. One the time. End of the movie. And in, in, in all the Marvel Cinematic Universe, one time it is acceptable, and that's when Thor shows up in Wakanda, goddammit, and I, says, bring me Thanos. So I tend to agree to an extent. I think if the movie's over and uh, the group effort, everyone loves it, I think it's a cool moment. If everyone liked it that much and it's a moment at the end of the movie, you clap. Everyone, at the end of the movie, yes. But... And that was what I wrote in my review as well, is that the amount of times people clapped when a character showed up, when something funny happened, it, I've never, uh, it bothered, it's happened in previous movies, but this one, this time, was so incessant that it, I, you're missing dialogue. You're miss, people are laughing and they start clapping about laughing and then you miss the follow-up dialogue, which was just as funny. Listen, I, it I, was too much. It was too much. I get that you're excited about the movie, but please, your self-indulgent bullshit. We know you're excited. So is everyone else. <laughs> if just one person claps and no one follows him that guy's an asshole yeah right if everyone claps you're everyone's an asshole but yeah, here, here's the part where <laughs> you're right here's the part where uh, people might get mad at us because again i'm not making fun of people that went and felt some type of way about sure. it that, that was, i mean i am but well i mean wait, wait, that, that was a big thing on twitter and i'll talk about that in a second but i i very much am if you want to go to the theater experience that you got to sit there in order to in, get there embrace you have it to all watch it. listen like if you're laughing it, laughing should be all that the crowd participation is a scream in a scary moment in a scary dude, movie people like jumping. a like a <gasps> dude, like when like, something happens but literally every time there was a character and it was the same thing in Infinity War not, not as much dude crazy people went crazy. nuts crazy and it just it, it boggles my mind that people want to cheer for that because you're miss you said you, you hit on it before you're missing probably essential dialogue and here's the, th the other thing it's not if if I was in a theater full of just kids and that happened, I understand it's it. It's one thing. This theater was probably 70, 30 adults to kids. Yeah, right. And that makes the crying even more laughable to me. I, I was laughing and a father that was sitting behind me leaned forward and he's like, show some respect. Yeah, and, right. And I, 10 seconds later, I let out the loudest fart possible. Like Dude. in a quiet moment, we use <laughs> and fucking vegetarian chili, chili farts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But sitting next it's, to douche Kalucci. It's, it, but it's one of those things too. Like, listen, um, so that that'll bleed into exactly what I wanted to talk about. Sure. So Go for it. I forget her name, but the, the, she she's a she's a right wing uh Twitter beat writer or whatever, something like a political writer. Okay. And she tweeted this uh this reaction this gentleman had of the the new Star Wars. The, the guy, uh, I'm sorry, I laughed hard at that guy. I watched it like fifteen times listen, and laughed. I'm in no way, shape, or form. D uh, taking away how he feels about it because listen, people. I, yeah, I, listen. I, I get. I got that way when I went and saw a band I really liked that I hadn't seen in ten sure. years and heard songs I, I get heard, it. and I felt this. I felt that same way. I get it. But I just don't. I, I. I don't. I don't see it. You know what I mean? I, the I don't cry at that to get that emotional. Well, like there's my buddy. My buddy Jake McPherson said something really funny about it. He's like, "This is pathetic," but that guy loves. I wish I could love anything as much as that guy loves Star Wars. That's that's and, my point. And they like make they, my buddies like making joke that it's it's me that's like that. And like, listen, I I love Star Wars as much as anyone. I've never once cried at Star Wars. There, there um, hasn't been. A... I cry at serious movies. I've never cried at like a, a sci-fi action Dude, movie. Like, like there was only one time where. Brave I got Hard, where I Patriot got, maybe right where I got a little teary eyed and that was like when I watched her because like yeah the, because dude, I, get, I felt that I openly admit with movies and certain shows I have no problem sobbing Forrest Gump makes me cry every time dude stop with the Jenny it's, scene I can't man. there's multiple scenes in that when out. he asks Jenny if his son is smart that gets me teary eyed that and, bums me out and, yeah um but I I've never and like Star Wars is my favorite franchise than anything I get so I've I've said several times if I was able to quantify the amount 
the amount of hours and money I've spent on Star Wars related things, it's probably like a third of my life. Yeah, right. And I wasn't like this. Like when I heard the Emperor's voice, I was like, oh shit, like no way. I got excited. But I wasn't like, ah. Exactly. I, I must have watched a video 12 times just to laugh at this guy. And I, I, I'm sorry. It's too much. I've seen people do videos crying at things in wrestling. Like, come on, dude. This is, this is so, st- like for me, and I said the same things with, uh, with movies. And uh, I said this in the Avengers thing. I go to movies and watch movies to escape from all the noise on the outside for a little bit. I like getting lost in that moment. But I can also understand when there's like when it's like a realistic scenario. Uh-huh. Like there's a part in Boyhood that I think is emotional and it kind of tugs at the heartstrings. And that to me made more sense because the movie was so grounded in reality. Yeah. There's nothing grounded in reality in Star Wars. That's so right. I, I that guy probably is on the spectrum, the autism spectrum. I would guess. I, I'm not gonna uh, say he that. He looks like a less cool version of me, which is saying a lot because I'm not, not, that, cool. not that cool. I'm not that cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I almost, there's part of me that almost feels bad for the guy that he's gone this viral now. Because like it, it's, but uh, you did it to yourself, but, dude. And I also don't think you make a video like that unless you're expecting some type of viral reaction. Well, that was part of it too. I kind of thought I'm like, yo, like, what if it's a work like that? Like that was in the back. Yeah, of my that's head too, that's the you know? thing. Is it a work? And and and, here, and here's the other thing too is I, I don't I, I don't just everything is up to interpretation and I, I I just in the in the digital age I just have so much skepticism about yeah. everything and it's listen that could be a general a genuine reaction and if it's sure. good for him I'm not taking that away from him I'm taking away from the fact that people had to bash him for it. Well, that's, but by the same token, he's in his own house and he put it on the internet. So yes, I agree with you. He did it to himself. Yeah. Well, you, both can you be retweeted true. Retweeted the video a couple weeks ago after Kevin Hart was on Joe Rogan. Uh, Joe Rogan experience and uh, it was a great episode with Kevin Hart someone that's not even a big Kevin Hart fan I love him and stuff like that but he said it is cool to be hateful and negative. That's yeah. that's where it's at. It's it's it's, <coughs> it's 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 cool to say something sucks always. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. It's also the easiest thing to do. Yeah, I mean it absolutely is. I mean it's one thing. I I am absolutely guilty of doing that, but I do it because I like just seeing people squirm. Yeah, it, I don't I don't like shitting on people for liking anything. Like if that's what you like, you do you. I don't have like, enough you, time. I don't have enough time do, to. Go I don't through. care actually. Exactly. But there's people that are so invested in trying to convince people that the thing they like is horrible and they're stupid for liking it that they actually have to go out of their way constantly to bring it up and that to me is just fucking silly what is what is so awful in your life that yeah, you right. have to degrade what makes someone happy and it's one thing if you don't like it I think it's fine to talk about why you don't like it and you can if it's your buddies you could shit on it that's one thing yeah right but like there's still these people every week oh guess something happened the Game of Thrones and there's also these people you that just, are you, there's the people looking for attention there's also like the that. people that are um they're popularity hipsters where if someone if there's something that is very popular they have like to make it, it their point that oh well Shaggy. that's popular yeah it's I don't like that so uh, this this and that so it sucks but, but I'm gonna I have to complain because The Office might get reviewed from Netflix the most popular fucking show that you're a big fan of so really you're just doing it because you don't get it and you have to let people know that you don't get it and that you want people to agree with you I, mm-hmm. I whatever that's fine again you do you if you if that's what make, makes you get through the day be a cunt about it which um, one of of the things that was happening this week obviously was a lot of the spoilers on it mm-hmm. i had some friends when i posted my thing that i was going to spoil it actually come in and write comments where they spoiled it and of course. i did not delete them because i am 
I'm an asshole, and well, I, 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 would, I don't think it's my place to delete what someone else said. First of all, a lot of people will get mad at you because you're like, well, you incited. No, you didn't, I, listen, I didn't, you didn't do I shit. I didn't tell them first to post of all, it. Anyone who's been friends with you more than a year you know, my, on my Facebook media, can be a danger zone. I, I Listen, I, I learned a long time ago, whenever you post, thankfully I'm not on Facebook anymore, yeah. but like, even if I tw- like, even if I reply to a tweet or something like I can I can just I, I used to be like oh I'll put my two cents in here that'll be cool about an hour later well that's my phone a problem is blo- when, when my, I have like thirteen hundred friends dude my phone blows up and it's like this person commented on Dan Perot's like, I don't know this person I hate that person and, I fuck that person and, and, <laughs> well and and, and then <laughs> I ended up uh, thanks <laughs> Josh <laughs> <laughs> no I'm saying you fuck Josh oh well okay okay well. go on <laughs> <laughs> with your wiener oh my god yeah with my um limit. so um there was I have two spoiler stories here not about on my Facebook but okay. Um, Bill's running back with Sean McCoy tweeted out the major character that dies. I mean, what did he say? Um, uh, is that who I think it is? Yeah, Quaz says that he was scrolling through Game of Thrones on Instagram and someone posted a huge Endgame spoiler and they're about to see it in 20 minutes. So he's sitting in the theater waiting. So LaShawn McCoy posted the, the, the spoiler, which I thought was hilarious. Like, yeah. what does he have to lose? Yeah. Like, he's just laughing to the bank. Now, there was this other story just came out yesterday that out in Tokyo... While some people were waiting in line to see the movie, some guy spoiled it for the people in line, and they beat the guy into critical condition. Dude, listen. Get the fuck... Dude, and people are like, good, good, like, okay... I could get, like, throwing shit at the guy. I would understand that. Chastising the guy. Even one person pushing him to the ground, I could get. get but the beating f- the guy down? I, like, it's I, a fucking comic book movie. Well, it's, uh, t- take, away, take away a comic book movie. It's a, it's a movie. movie. It's a movie. Like, the only time that might be acceptable is if, like, the some, you don't want to know the gender of your child. And the doctor's like, hey, um, your wife is in a critical condition, about to give birth to the baby. Uh, she's going to die. It's a boy. And, like, then you could beat the shit out of the doctor. I That's a be- spoiler. My yeah, wife's going to die, and it's a boy, and I wanted a girl. Yeah, but... <laughs> right, but, like, my whole thing is that... Maybe I'm not as invested in the stuff like this. No, you know I'm is? not invested in I'm, any movie I'm, like that. I'm, if someone spoiled Star Wars for me, I would be like, "That's annoying." I still can't wait to see it. Listen, okay, so that that, that brings me to a one time when I, you like you when the Force Awakens was coming out. You, I forget what troll you were doing on me at this point in time, but you were doing something that was really pissing me off, and I literally and I I spoiled it for myself. Like I literally had the picture of Han getting yeah, the fucking yeah, lightsaber, the lightsaber through. and I literally said, "If keep this up, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck with you so bad, and it's gonna be it's gonna be an, it's like, well, that's you, it. you did tweet it to me, but I had the ad blocker up, so nothing Star Wars related was coming up. I did. So you thought you had this like big victory, and then I was like, Taylor, I, I screenshot it, sent you the tweet, and it's just a blank Blocked. image. Yeah, right. You're like, shit, you motherfucker. See, that's the thing I told people with the whole when I was teasing spoiling Endgame. I was like, you guys should just be like me and be ahead of the curve. Like, how do you do it? I was like, well, a magician doesn't ever reveal his tricks. I saw that. Yeah. And but Pat Larson, he, a couple weeks ago, we were hanging out. He asked me. He's like, I gotta ask you. There's be times on Facebook where I'm talking about something, and you bring up something I said four years ago and I say no I didn't because I don't remember and you find it yeah. how do you do that and it was like well it's pretty easy for me not to tell you yeah right, exactly <laughs> I was like I'm not telling you because it is easy but it's it's my ace in the hole well, well see the funny thing you told me and I'm never gonna reveal my I'm never no, gonna reveal it. So you, you told me how no to do you it. can't I, I listen if you know how to do it great and it's been turned around on me and I'm fine with that because I, I you've I, turned it on me a I, couple I, times I, I'm fine with tasting my own medicine I'm totally cool like, with it like I give a ball tap to someone fully expecting to get ball tapped eventually well that, that that's that's why I don't mind doing shit like that to you because I listen you I you would do it back to me I would do it back to yeah, you so that's so I, I think would we never, have that I so would that's fine. never intentionally spoil something someone was genuinely excited for. same thing I never um, would either it's just not my thing I used to be to be fair I remember I, I came up my time up just the other day when I spoiled that Loki di- dies quote unquote in Thor 2 
and people messaging me, flipping out, comments but, but on like, there. It's the dark world, dude. Dude, well, at the time, it was a huge fucking movie. Yeah, right. So, um, again, I really liked Endgame. You can see my review. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I got some other stuff we can talk about. Yeah, I definitely want to um, some other we stuff. We can't go to New York City anymore in the near future. Why is that? Well, um, what was not passed in Congress for the country was passed in the New York City um, Assembly is that they are now banning processed meat and hot dogs. What, what, what? You can't get hot dogs in New York City in the near future. No more dirty water dogs? No more dirty water dogs. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm legit upset right now. Why can't Why? I have a hot dog? They've Why? already banned like large, like a double gulp. You can't get a double gulp in New York City. <laughs> and now you're telling me I can't get a goddamn dirty water dog? That's like, that's the real reason why I go this to is, New York. This is, they think they're, they're, it, it's called. Dude, I'm going to New York they think that They think that not having hot dogs and processed meats is going to help the environment. How? No, it doesn't help the environment. You know what it does help? My colon. And I don't yeah. want help for it. I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, I, I, like, I'm just so tired of telling people like it, it should be telling the American the things. American citizens' responsibility for what they do and don't put it in their body. I had the same issue when they were trying when they cut back on sugary drinks that you couldn't get more than a 32 ounce. I think it is in New York City. Yeah, right. Um, like how about there's you you put some responsibility. You're creating these citizens that are so programmed and just accepting bullshit that they there's no pushback. They're like oh well I can't have that. Dude, like I, why can't I decide what I want to do? I feel the same way about almost every illegal drug that make them legal. And let people do it because they're illegal and it still happens. Like heroin's illegal, and how many times a week do we see someone we know that just overdosed always. or died or arrested? I, the, so just yeah. legalize everything. Let people make their own decisions. I say the part that sucks too, especially about the heroin thing. Like it's, I'm seeing it happen more and more with my friends. Well, yeah, it's, it's I mean, happening a lot more. It, it's just I, I banning hot dogs. Like you think banning hot dogs and processed meat is somehow going to help the fucking environment out? You, dude, first of all, banning hot dogs. You know how many people you're going to put out of work? Honestly? They're, they're already putting. There's already laws in New York City about driving for the greenhouse gases and everything. like just shut up. Up. Just shut. I, I now. To be fair, I, I need to preface this by saying that I did not read the entire details about them banning hot dogs, and it could very well be a little deeper, and it could just be you can't buy them in mass quantities, which would affect the hot dog vendors. I don't think they're not going to be not selling them at baseball games because that would be silly. The restaurants, etc. Um, but wait, there is you, some wait. level of where they're going to be banning processed meats so, and hot dogs. So what? So what? So you're telling me I can't go to City Field and get a nice sausage and pepper I, I don't. Th I don't think. I don't think that would be involved. Regardless, I think it's more. So City Field and Yankee Stadium would be like the Vatican, and they would have their own rules. Well, they, to be fair, anywhere is a hot dog is like the Vatican to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Without the molestation. Yeah, and right. um, hopefully there is some um, to me. Um, so that that's annoying. I, there was another thing. Now, I, I don't know if this is a political topic, okay. but I guess it, it, we'll it, say, it, let's see. it dives into the world of politics without saying who the politicians are that are saying this. But it's a topic that's coming up and that what should criminals, people in prison, incarcerated, be allowed to vote in general elections, no. specifically the presidential election. If, if I may, I'm going to say no. No, and I, I agree, because something came up that someone said, politician, again, not saying who, but you can take a guess which side they're on, that they think that the Boston Marathon bomber that survived should be allowed to vote. Someone that committed nah. acts of terrorism against their own country should be allowed to decide who votes for yeah. who who wins in a like. No, I'm sorry. So, if you cannot obey the laws of this country, you should have no say in who the people are that make the laws in this country. Yeah, it's it's simple as that. Listen, you gave up your freedom when you committed the, absolutely. You, 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 you when you committed that terrible act, whatever you did. Yeah. Now, 
I when now like people with like minor drug offenses that are sitting in jail. That part is silly. If, if, that, I, that, I, that I think there needs to be a better on. system in place for people to get out of prison and then live I'm, peaceful, law-abiding lives. Dude, I'm, I'm, dude sure. I, I'm talking about someone who got busted with a dime bag who, yeah, who, who had I, a bad prior when he was 18. I think like, not, the fuck out of here. I think um, if you have created financial crimes like tax evasion, you shouldn't be allowed to vote because you're going to have a vote for people that I'll make that easier for people like you to get away with. It. Exactly. If you created any violent crimes, you shouldn't be in. Uh, human trafficking, drug trafficking. Any but, major violent crime, you should have you have correct. zero say in correct. what you say or but, do. Uh, and general, so why should you have a say in, in, in what everyone else obey, should you do? You don't obey the laws. Why should you be involved in this? And I can't believe this is even a discussion. But it's just a way for the people that are doing this, who are insane... To maybe get more votes is my. That's the only thing I could think of. That's all this is. Is but is more placating votes from where? Is my from question. anyone from anyone? They're trying to do anything they can to win because all these politicians are scumbags that have their own bottom line and interest rather than the, the, their constituents. Again, you know, it's absolutely you, you take political party out of it. I don't trust any of them. No, I it's it's silly and people are like, well, you know, you should vote. It's it's your right to vote. It's a it's a great right to have. You should take advantage of it. And I'm like, yeah, but that's part of the other side of the coin is that because I have this the right country to not vote. because this country is so beautiful and it's a free democracy, I am not forced to vote. And it is just as much my right not to vote. Yeah. And it's not to say that I won't vote. I don't know. I have gone elections without voting, and I voted in elections. I have and, too. And I, you know, I'm not. I'm never going to say what I do or don't on here. What my, my political beliefs are are beyond what any people that know me know where I stand, and they know my opinions, and they know that generally, for the most part, I probably am at this point considered a centrist, where I wait to hear the issue and then make a decision on it, which for some reason is considered a negative thing. Dude, God I, forbid. The, the, if I see a plate of food here. And I look at it and say, that tastes awful without taking a taste. Did I form a sensible opinion? No, not at all. But what if I... So then you put the same plate of food in front of me, and you tell me one chef cooked it, uh -huh. and this, uh, or this other chef cooked it, uh -huh. but I like the one chef, so I say it's good, but then I find out that the other chef cooked it, and I say it sucks. I'm an asshole, because yeah. I didn't even taste it. Exactly. So uh, for some reason, saying that I want to hear... The be sensible about it. It makes me an asshole. No, I'm sorry. I don't like brand loyalty. Politics is not sports teams. It's, no, not, it's not sports teams where I can defend my team's moves to the death, and I should, and I should support them that or what. It shouldn't be that way, mm. and that's where we're at. Where it's sports teams. It, it politics is sports teams now because everyone has to give their two cents, which is fine. I think that's just. I think it probably was always this way, but social media has made us so much more hyper aware to it. Where, like, where, where, where can you have that? Like, you can't even have that discussion anymore. There's no discourse anymore. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's if you but, if you agree with one person on one side of the party, you're instantly affiliated. That you're alt right. You're a bleeding heart liberal. You're a Trump. You're a MAGA Trump supporter. You're a Bernie bro. It, that, like, why does everything have to be this uh, instantly? You have one opinion. That's your affiliation. You're for gay marriage. You're a liberal. What if I I am against uh, ta higher taxes. If I'm, I'm for abolishing this, I want less laws. What am I then? Just because I, I don't think gay marriage is a big deal, I'm somehow a bleeding heart liberal. Yeah, right. I'm just tired of everyone's bullshit. Everyone with their opinions and their just fucking, everyone's got to stop. Everyone just like, got to sit back, what? smoke a bowl, and <laughs> shut the fuck up. Why, I, I don't understand is why is everyone got to be so intrusive in everyone else's lives? Like, listen, I lead my life, and I very much try to stay out of everyone else's. Yeah. All I do here on the show is all we do here is just commentate on what we see. Yeah, and then and but there's some people observations. Say, well, you know, you're you're distracting yourself with fake things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Because guess what? Listen, I've I I've had we've lived through uh, as like conscious adults the 2000 election, 2004, 2008, 2012, 2016. Five. Which, is, which are some Ask of the most Ask me what has changed in my life between three different presidents. Mhm. Mm 
four if you're counting Clinton when we go back. I, I guess. I've had nothing in my life that has changed financially, socially. Yeah, right. Like, and some people will say, well, you see all the, the gay thing happening. I, okay, guess what? It's not an area that I care for. That I care to watch, I'll say. Yeah, right. So I don't watch it. You know what else I don't watch? I don't watch HGTV. I don't watch Bravo. I don't watch the Country Music Channel. Yeah, right. It, it's pretty. It, it's one thing. I I understand the idea that they're putting social things into media and everything. I agree with that. That is, it does yeah, get very, sure. very, very heavy-handed. You know what you do? What? Don't, you don't watch it. You don't watch it. It's so simple. You don't keep up with it's, it. It's, it's, it's just, it's, I think so much of it is just overstimulation. It's too much information. It's it, There's so many things to take in and talk about that you're going to go to the one that everyone, I don't care if you live in this country, you have some sort of political or social or economical opinion. So mm-hmm. now, because everyone has that baseline opinion on the same kind of subject, that's where it's all going to come down to i've seen very smart people i know become very stupid and i've seen very stupid people think they're smart i luckily i'm neither of those i'm just dumb yeah i'm fine with being dumb you know what i mean i just rather be but we're we're both in agreement that terrorists should not be voting yes or criminals i don't even like why does it even have why why does it have to be even be a question taylor do you ever watch jeopardy uh, yes, I have. Have you seen this guy that's on Jeopardy right now? Good you, for him, have you dude. heard about him? Yes, I have. Have you watched him at all? Uh, I watched Yo. him a couple days ago. Yo, this guy. And I just read an article last night that um, he he showed just how good he was on he Friday's episode. He, he showed. 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 He showed. He showed his chode. <laughs> um, he showed just how good he was on this episode because the thing that he's done that no Jeopardy contestant has ever done is he goes all in on every daily double and he almost nails every daily. I mean, he's a great Jeopardy player without the daily doubles. Yeah, right. But he gets say he has eight thousand dollars and he has a daily double. Usually people are like 2000 3000 That's the whole thing. They'll, they put a wager that makes sure they're still in the lead if they don't get it right. 8000 All right, I'll go uh, 7500 I'll go 8000 Yeah, right. So he's always doubling up his totals. When he gets to Final Jeopardy, he'll have 55000 and he wagers 45000 um, he, he, he broke a million dollars in winnings in 13 days. It took Ken Jennings 30 episodes. Yeah, right. And think about that. So um, he had an episode on Friday where he didn't get any of the daily doubles. He didn't land on any of them or anything. And when he went to Final Jeopardy, he was up 29000 He had $29,000, the next closest person at 6000 and that was with him out getting the daily doubles. Now, his career, have you heard about what this guy does for a living? No, I really Professional don't. gambler. Well, that He's well sense. known in Vegas, apparently. So he knows. And so I, I, it's been pretty crazy to see because I, I do like watching Jeopardy and I'm pretty good at certain things because my weird knowledge is, you know, it's fucking it's stupid. A, it's a, the, you're a plethora of the, useless the, fucking The things knowledge. I can pull out of my ass are stupid. And you're actually fr- really good at trivia. Yeah, it's it's dumb trivia and it could be like historical trivia. It's and a little bit everything. Who's the first president to put sun panels yeah, on the it, White it, House? It's dumb shit Jimmy like, Carter. It's dumb shit like that. So, and this guy is absurd. He's great with geography. I have... It, it's, it's been insane to watch. So now what I think Jeopardy should do, I think they'd be making a huge mistake if they didn't do this. Make an what? event. Ken Jennings against this guy, James uh, Hobbeiser. Yeah, um, would watch it. And, uh, make it pay-per-view. Dude, I, I, maybe make it like a $10 streaming pay-per-view. That's what I'm saying. That, that dude, just make, it, pay-per-view. make it like a season finale, just <laughs> the two of them. And do it, do it over three days, like dude. a three-day thing, because mm-hmm. it's only two people. Change the board a little bit. Put in more daily doubles. Make it high risk. Say you're going to give, you're gonna match the winnings for the winner to charity as well. Yeah. I just don't see why you wouldn't do that, but it's, I mean, I think Jeopardy is so ingrained in the, the American uh, mindset. Yeah, right. it, it's such a big thing. The music, whenever someone is waiting, you're waiting for an answer for someone, what's the first thing you do? Do, 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 Exactly. Yep. So it, to this guy, just watching him, he starts, most people, when they pick a category, they start out 200, 200. 400, this guy, 1,000. And he doesn't go, say, the same category. He just goes straight across from the bottom up. He's, he's like a video game. Dude, he's <laughs> crazy. It's crazy it's, to it's, watch. And you know, the, the thing that's great is... The, <laughs> 
<laughs> so they film four episodes in a day usually. Yeah. And the people that have to go against him next are sitting in the crowd watching this. I'd like, be like, oh. this is my chance and I have to go against this guy. Yeah, but right. hey, say you you beat him. You're part of history. <coughs> Even if you don't beat him, you're part of history. history. It, it's it's well, crazy. Do I, I, you remember the show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Of course. Of course. Yeah. He had uh, one of the, I think it was a, he was, he was an actor and he was like, he played Batman, I think at one point. Adam for, West? No, 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 not Adam West. It was someone else. I forget his name, but he was like. Val super, Kilmer? No, no, no. George no. Clooney? No, 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 no. Was it Kevin Conroy, the one the voice of Batman on the animated series? Could have been. I don't remember. That'd be my guess. But from what I remember was he went through all the way to the million, didn't use a single lifeline. And on the million dollar question, he uses phone a friend. He calls his dad. No, that like, wasn't even a celebrity. That was the guy, the first guy that ever won a million dollars. That and he wants to be a millionaire. And, yeah. And, and that was and, a big deal. And, and, and he, and he calls his dad and he's I like, just want to know. I just won a million dollars. I'm about to win a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that wasn't a celebrity. That was the guy that won the I thought it first was guy that won. No, it's the guy that won the very first million on a, who wants to be a millionaire. But that, was that really show funny. was huge when it blew up. That and uh, the weakest link were massive. Yeah. The, I, I remember I watched the WWE version of the weakest link. And then uh, that, th- show was that, funny. that crazy lady, Whatever her name was goes to the Big Show. You are the weakest link. I and, just, and he smashes. I, I'm so happy you brought up the Big Show. I didn't write the story down, but um, Brock Lesnar did an actual interview recently, like uh-huh. just being himself, and he talked about like the craziest thing that happened to him in a match. Wow. And he's saying so. This was um, when Paul Heyman turned on Brock Lesnar, and he was teaming. He was working for the Big Show now, and they had a match, a house show match in South Africa. Uh-huh. And I guess Big Show had been sick, and he goes, and you know, Brock's hitting me with the German suplexes, and when he hit me with the belly to belly, I just shit my pants. <laughs> Dude, imagine Big Show's shits. Oh that. my god, he goes, yeah. and thankfully I wasn't wearing my normal gear. I was wearing like jeans because it was just diarrhea. Well, and Brock goes to guy, he's like, ah, oh, you pooped your pants. I was well, that that was during the Big Show when he was just wearing the black jeans and the yeah, black. Yeah. Yeah, black guinea tea yeah. and stuff like that. Dude, yeah. I, the, I've definitely seen, I've seen fights where fighters shit their pants. Tim Silvia famously pissed, uh, shit his pants in a fight with Asuario Silva. So, uh, there, there was a kid in high school that like the, he. I'm not, I'm not going to say his name, but people who hear will know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. In wrestling practice, I guess someone put him in like a full Nelson or oh, something, no. or like put him in like a headlock or like. A, and and apparently everyone just looked on the mat. And you saw like a little deer. Pellet. That was it. There was a chick fight a couple like a year ago where she had just massive diarrhea on the mat, and you could see it plain as day. Yeah. Ew. I, kind of like, I, like, at, Ew. Th- at that point, I, I honestly feel bad because, like, I, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've been that sick where, like, you just well, can't you're that control sick it. And you're that exhausted and you weight cut. You just can't control the, it. Man, um, it Greg, Greg Hardy had a second UFC fight last night. Had that go? Kicked the shit out of the guy. I am guy not. wanted no part of it. Like, I was like, this is good matchmaking because he should have won his first fight too. And then yeah. he took that knee or landed that knee. And this guy just looked like he wanted no part of it. And Hardy just, I mean, I can tell you, Greg Hardy. He has a natural fighting instinct, especially when it comes to fighting women. Yeah, I was about and, to say he beat the shit out of um, his girlfriend. But like when people get close to him, you could see his instincts from being a defensive lineman pushing guys aside, playing so well the way he leverages. Very good with his hands. Um, he was impressive, but the guy looked like he wanted no part of it. Yeah. Um. So that was pretty cool. Well, okay. So I guess if, as far as like people beating up other people, uh, you hear the Tyree Kill audio. Yeah, I have that here. Dude, it's it's damning audio. It's disturbing. It's bad. Listen, take away listen, uh, take away the fact that he plays for the Kansas City Chiefs and he and their division rival. Let's take that away completely for a second. What he did was absolutely despicable. I mean, well, the, the, for people that don't know that aren't sports fans, because there's a lot of people listening to this just like hears bullshit about movies and mm-hmm. bullshit. And uh, Tyree Kill is one of the most talented wide receivers in the league, arguably the fastest, uh, the most explosive, I would say, without question. Easy. Um, uh, Pat Mahomes and, the ball. And uh, so about three months ago, um, there was an incident with his three-year-old son where he got a broken arm. And they said it wasn't an accident. It looks like there was some type of abuse here. Tyree Kill also had an incident in college where he um, beat up and choked his pre- then-pregnant girlfriend that he yep. 
yep. still with. Um, so everyone seemed to assume that Tyreek Hill was going to get some sort of trouble. But then about a week ago, it was last week that the DA said that we we know a crime committed, but we can't prove who did it. And which, they said that child services are still involved. Which, which also, to be fair, I mean, if you it's it, it, it's a terrible thing to say, but if you can't prove it, you what, can't. What, the cops have no do? choice. They, yeah, because they're going to spend all this do? money. It, it the, puts the them. DA, the top... DA is going to put all these resources into something Dude, that may end up being not guilty because they don't have the right evidence. It puts them in the. It puts them in such a tough decision. So this audio comes out, and I thought about playing it on here, but it bo- it, it bothered no. me too much. No. Um, where he says something like uh, the 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 girlfriend, and listen, I I don't understand the dynamics of domestic violence, but you know the main thing is say why would she stay with him but this if this happens to most domestic violence victims there's so much more psychology about why they stay with them than just as simple as leave them yeah right um it could be necessity in a lot of cases financially just having a home it, i mean um, it's, it's, I, as far as I, having having an emotional I can't attachment to understand why people stay with people in those situations it's easy to say that they're stupid for staying with them but in this situation on the audio she the the girlfriend says to tyree kill he's scared of you um he said daddy did it daddy did it he should be scared of me and you should so, be scared of me too bitch yeah and like and it's pretty clear like he's saying like you don't open your fucking mouth or exactly. you'll be you'll know what happened to you uh, Tyreek Hill's at a minimum not playing this season and I would be shocked if he ever plays again I think about Adrian Peterson got suspended for a year for a much not that I would ever hit my kid with a switch my potential child but I also am not in the business of telling people how to discipline their kids yeah right um, I, I don't I, I don't understand that I was not beaten up as a child by my parents for disciplinary reasons I got I might have got smacked on the top of my head a couple I was times back. Yeah, yeah for sure you never got um, whooped though but I never uh, whooped and either. Adrian Peterson got suspended for a year for beating his or disciplining his child with a stick that he made him retrieve that bothered me more than anything else and it was more psychological like you go get the thing I'm going to beat you with that to me was more disturbing than the fact that he beat his kid up with the switch or yeah, just right. his child with the switch breaking your three-year-old son's arm what the fuck could have a three-year-old Dude. done that you yeah, fucking right? break their arm like a three-year-old you have to understand as a father as a parent as an older sibling that they're going to be annoying that they're going to cry that they're gonna not, they're, you're going to lose sleep to get that frustrated to the point where you break your child's arm I, I I I don't see I I I don't see it no not it takes a certain type of twisted individual to go that far on, on, on that on that young of a kid. well that was the same thing with the Greg Hardy stuff like his domestic violence was beyond just he got into a squabble it wasn't like the Ray Rice thing which was you know terrible in its own right he had multiple incidences where he was choking and beating up this girl on top of automatic weapons on top of a bed of guns yeah and to me there's a point there's a distinction and I do believe people can be rehabilitated I do believe that there's things in the heat of the moment that are horrendous and horrific and that if the the consenting adults can work through it like Ray Rice and his wife have done so well yes um, and I think that Ray Rice should be a beacon of hope for people like that and uh, couples like that that had a disgustingly horrible incident but in the case of something like beating up a child or sexually abusing a child I don't I don't think you have any place in this world. I don't think you have any place in the, the professional spotlight. I, I, I think I, agree I, on that very much. I, so. I think the Chiefs are handling it correctly so far. Um, they should. I think they made a mistake in the first place in not interviewing him. You thought they would have learned from well, Kareem Hunt. I was going to say, and like, listen, I'm not, I'm not justifying in any way, shape, or form. But if you look at the two incidents so far, the two, the top two playmakers in the Chiefs' offense are now Kareem officially Hunt. gone: Kareem yep. Hunt and Tyreek Hill. Now, mm-hmm. right? So if you look at that from a perspective, what did Kareem Hunt do? Kareem Hunt got in a little bit of a shouting match, and he he beat up some strange girl because they were all drunk at a hotel in Atlantic City. But he more got punished because he lied about it. Because he lied about it, and not to mention he lied to the Chiefs about Correct. it. So the Chiefs did exactly did the exact right thing here. There is, from what I understand, there wasn't a history of domestic violence with Kareem Hunt. So, so I, so not spec- that we know of, not that we know of, but yeah. the, so the speculation is there. Whatever you may have, correct. 
And that, here, to be fair, that that incident with Kareem Hunt was not domestic violence. It, wasn't. it was violent. It, well, domestic violence implies household. Yeah, correct. It's domestic. It was a stranger. Yeah. It was violence towards a woman, which uh, is obviously going to be a huge hot button issue. Wait, today. All, any, it should be all, a hot button issue dude, in any climate. Dude, it's absolutely right. today's climate. It's reprehensible. No, sure. there, there's there's no instance where, sure. you should, where you should put your hands on a woman. Self defense is one thing, but you know. Uh, there's things beyond self defense. Listen, I, here's the truth, and I, I'm gonna be I'm going out on a limb here. There, there is no instance where I. There's only one instance where I could see myself, and I wouldn't even like not as far as punching or hitting. If restrain, en- if anyone say what was like would if any woman was like say like my girlfriend and another woman were fighting mm-hmm. i'm going for my woman first to pull her back, and pull her her back. back but if it gets to a point where i gotta like where like she won't let go and, 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 and i gotta like smack the arm out yeah that's, i'm gonna that's do that fine. that's and absolutely i've, I've been in incidents with Anything, um with dude, family I, with family and ex-girlfriends where they got physical with me and i mean i know jujitsu so i put them in a, a hold where i can stop them from trying to hurt it's like, me it's like you gotta like, yeah and it's like it's to the point where it's like i'm not trying to hurt you but i'm trying to protect my myself that's fine but it what is a three-year-old doing nothing absolutely what is your nothing son, any three-year-old let alone your fucking child like, if you I, can't like and have no level of empathy or none sy- whatsoever no, sympathy, no regret it's about such it disturbing audio he has zero remorse yeah yeah and this is an area where francesa hit the nail on the head get him the fuck out you, of the you league. have to at get that him point. out of the league and um we're going to talk more about the nfl in a minute um i had a couple of so i had one other subject i wanted to talk about first cool. off um, i want to you know the show growing pains it used to be on yes um did you know there was a character on the show named boner no no all right let's move on um, so, um, the next thing I wanted to talk about. So last week, um, on Saturday, a couple of, uh, friends came over. Uh, it was two couples and another random friend, people, you know, Okay. and, um, the subject came up of a, a girl that we all went to high school with, and I'm not going to say names, but she's disabled. And they're talking about all the things she does now. And I started making jokes because I'm me. What, what am I supposed to do? You also make jokes. Exactly. So I said to them several <sighs> times, the person that was talking about the, this disabled individual, I said, the more you keep bringing her up, I'm going to get worse. Like, yeah, right. So who's at fault here? Me for saying jokes or the person that keeps giving me slam dunks, alley-oops, if you will? So it's very much you have to look at it from both sides. So let, let, let me, one, because I know you very well. Mm-hmm. So it's also on the person making the joke. So I sure I, I, te- I take full accountability so, for my words. Exactly, you know, and that's something that's very rare. I'm not, not telling of, people not that people they can't that. be bothered by it. I try saying things that are supposed to be bothered by because the fact that this poor girl was born disabled is so fucked up. What else can I do but fucking? Make make it normalizes it to me. Making jokes about it normalizes that's, it. Uh, it uh, that's the same thing with me. So what, what I'm saying is, you also have to know your audience at yeah, the same sure, time. Sure. You know what I mean? Not saying it's an audience, but you know, you understand what I'm trying to say. But what I'm saying is, is that I mean, you take you take credibility for what you said, and then not to mention, you also have to remember the people that are just again throwing you alley oops. They also have to and they also know who me. they're talking to. They, they know me, and the fact uh, I made like two in a row. So this girl is dis- <laughs> disabled on cr- she got crutches or whatever, and they're talking about how she does yoga, and I'm like. And she does. They're like, yeah, she could like uh, fold into a pretzel. I'm like, she was born as a pretzel. Dude, like, <laughs> but here's the thing: I, I don't think there's there's no malice. Is no, what I'm, what I'm, I'm trying and to say. Again, they're like, there, there's they, no the one, ill will. One you're, just make, said, you're just making they, a one joke. One of the people said they feel bad for her. I'm like, look at this girl. I'm like, look at all the stuff she's doing. Does she feel bad for herself? She's doing better than people I know that were born with fully functioning bodies that weren't disabled. Why do you feel bad for her? It, she, I'm, she's this is never getting back well, to her. Well, it, it's also one of those things too, where like you know, stop putting yourself on a pedestal as the person that needs to feel bad know, for everything. People who have mental disabilities people sure. have physical disabilities sure. if it you, sucks if you, it stinks if you treat like 
if you treat it sounds worse when I say it like that, but like if you just normalize if you, it, if I talk to talk to them and about them like I would anyone dude, else, that the, makes it normal. The one thing a lot of people who have who have handicaps will tell you will say, "Don't treat they, me differently." They hate when they get special treatment. Yeah, they correct. hate when they get so special treatment. We, we had a coworker. I know you weren't a big fan of him, but he he was on the spectrum. Yep, I'm not going to say any names, but um, and he did take advantage of it. Sometimes he played up to it. But how did I talk to him? Very, very normally. To and be I, I busted balls about it. And yeah. he told me, and he said several and he times. He busted balls he, back. He said several times he liked that I would poke fun at certain things because it made him feel like part of the group. Exactly. And to me, and that may not be the case in every situation. And I would absolutely be sensitive to those. Particular I always said because he was a jerk off to yeah, me. Yeah, he, a bunch he was of an times, absolute jerk, off, jerk off, times. off to me. But to me, and again, I, I think that there has to be accountability for the people that you keep. They talked about this girl for a half hour. And they keep going at it. And then something came up where we were making jokes about... Uh, it's Some dead dad joke came up. And a couple of people got offended when I was the one making the jokes. And I'm like, dude, this is mine. Yeah, right? This like, is mine. No, it's and one of those... I don't ever... I, and yes, I know it makes people uncomfortable. But it makes me feel... I've said it several times in here. It makes me deal with it better when I can laugh at the absurdity of the situation. Right. Because to me, it is still... It's always going to be an absurd situation. As, as normal as death is, the manner in which it happened, how young he was, how young I was, how, how young my sister how, was, right. was absurd. It doesn't make sense. There's no sense to it. So I make sense of things by making jokes about well, them. Well, see, I'm I very, always will. I'm very much the same way. Again, like, I'm not as open about you it. You didn't I'm, always. I'm, you lightened up when you were hanging around me more because I'm like, dude, lighten up. I'm well, like, it's, al- it's also one of those things, too, where it's like, I, I, I won't go into detail on the show just because sure, I, absolutely. I, no, only, not- only my close friends will, will yeah. know that. And you've heard me make jokes about a certain thing mm-hmm. plenty of times. Yeah, so, sure. Um, it's one of those things where I, I don't, I personally don't have an issue. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I just, I don't I, have any I just skin in the know game how either. Fault, how at fault I am. I'm sorry. I can't sit here and talk about how normal this girl is because it's not. But talking about it the way in which I do, to me, makes it more normal. And don't feel bad for her. She does not feel bad for herself. Well, it's also one of those things too where I think the person who says the joke, I'm not using, I'm using no, you no, because I, you're I here. Agree. The people who says the joke also has to be aware at the I'm same time. Aware. But I it's also one of those. Squirming. But it's also one of those things where the the, the 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 people that are throwing you the alley oop or that keep bringing up the subject also have to realize they're bringing it on themselves. But, so when so when they get offended at what you say or when they make a dead dad joke or whatever whatever may have you, they have to understand absolutely that where you're coming from and how you have you know more My, than most people that I know that have gone through shit dude, like that. It, it's like I, so when they get offended, I personally don't see where they get off on it. That's just to, me. They're getting offended because they think it's their job to be the the moral high the ground. The moral compass. The moral compass in these situations. I'm mean, no way talking shit are, either. Are you going to go and tell this person that I made these jokes? That's you trying to hurt them. It's us amongst friends. You don't have to think it's necessarily funny, but to feel bad, like, I just, I, I'll never fathom it. I, 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 now, to be fair, I think the people that were feeling bad are coming from the right place. I think their hearts are in the right place. Mm-hmm. But I think there is a level of, you have to understand that this is just busting balls. Well, and it, it could have been about a stranger and I would have done the well, same I'll say, thing. The other thing I want, I, I want to make very, very, very clear is that this is real life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Shit like this happens every day. Kids and, are and, born, and, kids are born dude, two years old with I, fucking, they're two years old and they have cancer. Dude, it, what if, is normal about that? If, if you try, if you try to... Take everything m- so seriously. 
seriously? Make, make it a bigger deal. Like, you also have to... Like, it's you doing it. It's... Exactly. It's on you. You know what I mean? It's very yeah. much on you. What and else I, are we going to do? Talk about this girl evolved into a conversation about how we're all going to be starting family soon and what if this happens to our kid? Why do I want to talk about that? That's, but that's a... Con- listen, you... If, that, God, that's a conversation you have when you when that situation it, arises, if it If arises. anything ever happened where I had a There's, kid that was... was a, uh, had a disability, I would treat him exactly the same as I would a kid emotionally in those situations. I'm not telling him he could play fucking football. I'm right. not telling him he's going to wrestle and I'll teach him to fucking bust his own balls about it. I knew plenty of disabled people that made fun of their own things. I knew a blind kid that made fun of being blind. Like, to me, it, it's not on people to feel bad for others. You it's could feel not. bad for your friends and your family, but if this person means nothing well, to you, you could have empathy. Yeah, right. But this girl is living her life. She's doing better than people I know that have had way more opportunities. Correct. She was built a shitty hand and she fucking put, turned it into and a royal made, flush. She made, she made the best of exactly. it. Exactly. So, um, again, the people that were, you know, may have been bothered by it, I love them to death and I think their heart was in the right place and I was in no way bothered that they were offended. But I just wanted to know, ultimately... If I was at fault or the person presenting me with the jokes, because you should know, they should know their audience. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. So that's what I. Um, okay, let's talk a little draft. Let's um, talk I had a little other, draft. I, I had other stuff that we'll get into next week when we have a couple other people here. Yeah, that's um, fine. So first off, how how did you feel? You're a Denver Broncos fan. Yes. How did you feel about the Denver Broncos draft? I was very very happy to see him um, trade back, and I'll tell you why. Because the two guys I wanted were off the board at number ten. Okay. I wanted either Ed Oliver out of Houston, mm-hmm. the defensive tackle, or I wanted Josh Allen from Kentucky. Yeah. To pair with, uh, but like uh, Josh Allen would have been a weird one because you already had Bradley Chubb and you would have had the successor to Von Miller. Yeah, Von but Miller's... then you could have gone to a NASCAR package where you put four de- down ends on the line, exactly, just, uh, in third and, and just third, third and five or longer, and then just go. And, yeah. I, and well, especially because Ed, Ol- Ed Oliver from Houston is a bigger rush end on the inside as yeah. a three tech. So especially with Fangio being sure. the, co- uh, the the head coach now, I think mm-hmm. we're going back to a regular four three. Or three, so four, then I the remember. Broncos traded out of that. They traded that, and they they went down and they got uh, Noah Fant out of Iowa, the second tight end, who's probably the best pass catcher tight end yeah. in this entire draft. Hawkinson's the better tight end overall. Overall, but. Fant is going to be awesome. I really like him. I had him as one of my top fifteen players in the draft. Like, I had no other. I had Flacco go to all the time. I had tight end. I had no other skill position players in my top fifteen besides the two tight ends. I had no running backs or wide receivers. I was more surprised for a while until you brought it up. Uh, the free fall DK Metcalf was on. Yeah, well, until I, I guess you weren't aware of like how I told. I don't think it was a free fall because I think people just got so hyped up by his forty time and his physique. Well, and I was like, yeah, but there's another, so many. It's, dude, not it's not another even, prime example how the combine. It's can not. Only test but it's not even much. like a, it's not even a free fall because. The truth is, any other draft, there's a good chance he goes in the top 25, but the defense was so thick in this draft. And why, only two wide receivers went, only one running back, mm-hmm. uh, mostly defensive linemen. There wasn't a corner taken Dude, until 28. The whole defensive line, starting defensive line for Clemson, got drafted in the first Dude, round. Dude, I was thrilled that Miami got Christian Wilkins. Good for them, man. That guy did you, is, did you just see him try to body check Yo, Goodell he almost the- laid out. He's got the... <laughs> I, He's a very intelligent person. He got it. He got his uh, bachelor's in two years. He got his master's in uh, another year and a half. See, uh, great family smart, guy. Bro. He's smart. He can play. He's a pass rushing defensive tackle. Yep. A lot like Nadama Kinsu. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a big body. He's a great leader. I was great very happy stuffer. about that. But for me, obviously, the big deal was getting Josh Rosen. Yes. And the thing that I I said before the draft, actually, uh, someone pulled it up. My same buddy, Jake McPherson, found my tweet from March fifteenth, and I said, I think the Dolphins are going to end up with Josh Rosen. And pre-draft. I, I said it March 15th, so oh, yeah, pre-draft. Yeah. I said, I think they're going to end up with him. I just had uh, the teams that I understood were connected the most to him 
were the Giants, Chargers, and Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And I, the Chargers, to me, made a lot of sense because Philip Rivers, more than Eli Manning, would be willing to mentor a young quarterback. Also, Philip Rivers is more... He's playing better than Eli. Yeah, of course. Point. But I also think his personality type is more to mentor. The Mannings aren't that type. Peyton wasn't. Peyton, Peyton didn't wasn't. Like, yeah, it's just... Most star quarterbacks aren't. Joe Montana, <laughs> arguably the greatest of all time, hated Steve Young. Yeah, because and Steve Young was better. Think about that. So, when they, so they got Josh Rose and they traded the second-round pick, but the thing I like they did before that was they traded down and they accumulated more draft picks. That's how you do it. And then they traded for Josh Rosen and they got a guy that last year, this year would have been the number one quarterback taken. Easy. He would have gone over Kyler Murray yes, in, this, in this quarterback draft because he was more of a pure pocket passer. And last year, Josh Rosen was terrible. I'm fully aware of that. But On he a also terrible had, roster. he had in, in all of his starts, he had eight different offensive starting line combinations, including mm-hmm. one game where three guys that never played an NFL down in their lives started. That first time it happened in 20 years. Yep. Uh, he lost David Johnson. He lost his offensive coordinator, fired mid, uh, mid-season, and they brought in Byron Leftwich with no experience. <laughs> and you had a coach that was clearly out of his element and Steve Wilkes. So now you're taking a guy that is a very good, accurate pocket passer who has questionable leadership qualities, which I'm fully willing to admit. But you cleared up financial things as well because when you traded him, the Cardinals already paid his guarantee. Yep. And now they are the thing. The, the greatest thing about this is that say they hit a home run, and he turns out to be great. You got your franchise quarterback for a second round pick, less money. If he doesn't pan out. You are in a position to draft because you have so much draft capital. Yep. Like they are geared up right now to have the trade chips to trade up if they want to take their quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. Which, if they, by the odds are, they're still going to have a top ten pick Wait, next year. You talking about the Dolphins? Yeah. Okay. So they put themselves in a position where there's a him and Fitzpatrick are going to compete, which I think is great. I think Good that's idea. the right way to do it. Yep. Um. The, the the way the Dolphins drafted in this draft outside of that was they took a fullback which is crazy, who was considered the best fullback in the draft in the last, like, 10 years. Yeah, right. And I'm like, oh, they're going to run an offensive system like the Patriots do. They have and to. because the Patriots are the only team that use a fullback consistently in Pat Devlin. I was going to say Denver used it too a little yeah. bit with uh, yeah, De- but Andy not as Janowicz. not as much as uh, De- no, they they Devlin. do with Devlin. How long has Devlin been there? He's been over there ten full, years. But they've always had a fullback. They yeah. use him to chip. They use him in short goal line situations. And the Patriots last year were in love with Josh Rosen. They were hoping that he was going to fall to them because they wanted him to be the successor. And who are all the coordinators and coaches in Miami now? Are New England guys? Yep. So there's some type of connection there. Um, so overall, I was very impressed with the Dolphins draft. Um, I thought they they got a very good. Offensive guard in the mid rounds. Um, they're gearing up for next year. I like that they have a vision. They have a plan. They're making the team tough and physical. A team that does not have a plan. Let's go. Is the New York Football Giants? I've, I I wrote. I don't know if you got to read the article I wrote about. Not yet. I'm going it, to. Um, a, bu- a couple Giants fans were pissed about it. Tell me I'm wrong. They can get and, pissed all uh, they want. So th- this is the main thing I stated in there. I'm actually really rooting for Daniel Jones because I feel bad for him. It's not his fault he was taken at six overall. If that pick happened at the 17 pick rather than the six round pick, it looks a lot better. Right. When you consider that Josh Allen was still there and the Giants have never won anything without a dominant pass rush. The the, the kid they took with their 17th pick, uh, Dexter Lawrence. Yep. Good player. Yeah. Not great. No. He wasn't. He he's he's could be really good. I really like the corner the Giants took in the third. Pick. I forget his he, name. Um, I'm forgetting name. No, it's, too. it's when they he, traded into yeah, the end. Of the, the, end I of thought the first that was round. a good move. But the the difference between what I see the Dolphins doing, rebuilding, having a vision for the type of team they want, and what the Giants are doing is the same thing I said when they started buying Olivier Vernon and Janoris Jenkins and all those guys. Uh, those guys Nate a couple Solder. years ago. Nate Solder uh, last year, but the, when they went on the free agency spree a couple years ago, yeah, and right. um, they brought in all those guys, and I said it's not going to hurt him now. But I was like, what are the Giants? trying to do. I don't understand. When they took Saquon last year, and I, me and Ralph had a huge argument about it, I said, Saquon's a win-now move, and I think that they're not in a win-now position. They, they weren't. So, they take Daniel Jones. When you take a quarterback in the 
in the first round in general, there's going to be people clamoring for him to start right. instantly unless so, you have Tom Brady there. So I was going to say, so if you look at the big thing with Daniel Jones, Daniel, if you look at his stats from Duke, let's let's face it, he didn't play the top tier of top what, tier. Since when is Duke known for football? Right, never has And been. he also doesn't have a great arm. Dude, he had the weakest arm of the quarterbacks taken in the first round. Uh, Weaker uh, than Drew Locks, by the way. Three-year starter from, from a sophomore year to a senior, 8,000 yards, 56 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. 59% completion percentage in a system that was made for high percentage passes. Exactly. So you, so, I mean, listen, you got to take the good with the bad, but those are numbers that don't jump Very, out at he, he Basically, the way he plays, he's a weaker arm, more athletic Eli Manning. Yes, absolutely. Very similar. Which is bad because everyone's... everyone's well, at everyone's, MetLife, you need to have a big arm because it's a wind tunnel. Yep. Eli's thrown the best deep ball I've ever seen at MetLife or Old Giant Stadium because of the way he throws. He has a great arm. Phil Simms was the other. Great arm. Sanchez had a good arm, and he had trouble throwing deep. He also couldn't read the fucking yeah, plays. Yeah, well, I mean, that obviously helps, but he would miss throws all the time because he didn't have the right arm to throw up into the wind tunnel yeah, exactly. when you have to go vertical. And I just don't understand what the Giants are trying to build. I, I don't see it. I really what don't. I, what I, I feel see, bad. I feel bad for Saquon more than anyone. Yeah, because I feel like they're going to waste him away. And I'm really going to root for Daniel Jones because he's just getting shit on. But the second you take a quarterback in the top 10, if the Giants start 0-4, this is just like Kurt Warner, Eli Manning back in the day. When yep. the Giants were 5-4 and four and they put Eli in yep. over Kurt Warner, they were in a position to make the playoffs. So, and Eli canceled his weekly spot with Francesa and the Giants. No Giants fan should believe anything the Giants are telling him because they're lying. Eli is not Get- happy about Yo, this. Yo, Gettleman is just is not... Uh, I, I think the thing that Francesa said best, and Francesa knows the Giants better than anyone. He yeah. was so close with them. He said that this is a guy that is drafting to keep his job. He's saying, well, I took the quarterbacks. So you got to give me a couple years. Yeah, mm-hmm. you take a quarterback in the first round, you get a few more years. But they're, so they're saying that he might sit for three years, but you do nothing to make the team better for Eli? It doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't. I, 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 don't, I don't see what's I happening. Under- and, and here's the thing. Gettleman is known for getting under his player's skin. Oh, yeah. Granted, granted listen, he was there when Cam Newton was in mm-hmm. Carolina, and it's known that he Car- ran Steve Smith out of town when Steve Smith was still balling. Dude, Josh Josh Norman, great yeah. to say what you said, but Josh Norman came off a, 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 uh, an all-pro He was the year. best corner in the league that year. Yeah, and then and what did he do? He fucking left because he couldn't stand Gettleman. Yeah, and I, I, the other team I didn't understand their draft strategy was the Raiders, the, the, the defensive lineman they took fourth overall. Third. Good, good, excuse Third. Me, good player. There, there was six other players. Did to you ten other see pl- Did you see the reaction of the one Raiders fan when they drafted? Yep. Who the fuck is that? I, I just uh, I did not understand that. I thought for not having a first-round pick, the Saints had a really good draft. Yeah. The Falcons had a really good draft because they rebuilt the offensive line, which is what they have to do to protect Matt Ryan. I thought the Seahawks getting DK Metcalf was a great move because he fits. Now that there's questions if Doug Baldwin's ever going to play again as well, I, what you have to look at next thing. Yeah, because he's got a lot of player. injuries. Um, I, I don't. I was. I was happy to see the Dolphins have a vision. I mean, now that they, if Wilkins pans out. And you he have will. him, him, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Xavier Howard. You have building blocks on your defense now. Yeah, you, and you, you, uh, you got the corners covered, and not to mention you have the interior line. Exactly. Um, and the, the offense is going to look entirely different. I'm excited. I think Rosen's going to play with a big chip on his shoulder. I, 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 some people that were like mad that he unfollowed the Cardinals on social media. Who it was cares? So, it's social media. Like Steve Smith got one viral because he had a thing ripping him about social media. Like Dude, it's the same and thing then, when people went then, nuts when Julio Jones unfollowed well, and then the Atlanta. Some Falcons people are saying, well, he's a terrible leader, but then. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald won't talk bad about anyone, but David Johnson and another uh, Kirk on the Cardinals came out and said this kid is going to be one of the best in the league. 
they're saying this. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Like, it didn't work out in Arizona after one year, which is crazy to think. It's the first time in NFL history a team took a quarterback in the top 10 of the draft Traded back-to-back year. years. First time ever that happened. They oh, took really? quarterbacks in the top 10 back-to-back years. Um, the Jets had a good draft. The Bills had a good draft. The Patriots always have a, a decent draft. Um, the Bengals, I didn't like their draft. I didn't. Oh. I thought the Panthers didn't do anything to protect Cam Newton, which is such a massive mistake. Um, I thought the Broncos getting Drew Locke, who I really like. He's got the best arm in the in this draft. I think he's going to be great in the second round. I think that's a big yeah, steal. I like Drew Locke significantly more than Daniel Jones. If Same. he can, he, if he can fix his accuracy, is the biggest problem. His accuracy is fine. a huge question mark, but. If you put him in a system where they're running the ball 30 times a game and oh. he just has to hit some vertical passes, they should be running a play-action vertical game. Dude, that's all. That, listen, when you the way the the Broncos roster is set up right now, you have Philip Lindsay who's going to be absolutely dynamic. You have Royce Freeman. It's the best one of the best one-two yeah, punches sure, in, sure. in the league. You have the great wide, uh, great young wide receiver with the mentor and Emmanuel mm-hmm. Sanders. You got Cortland Sutton on the outside who is looking like a jump ball master yeah. in the end zone. Yep. Emmanuel Sanders run that slot and Deshaun Hamilton. Now you throw Noah Font and then Jeff Howerman came on yep. late at the end of the season. So uh, the that other, offense has the ability to be prolific. Another team that I didn't think had a good draft for fixing the specific need they needed to fix was the Houston Texans on improving their offensive Idiots. line. Um, very, very dumb. Idiots. Um, I love the Lions taking uh, TJ Hawkinson. Um, there is some Smart. questions here because... I texted my buddy who's a third, Lions fan, is, and he goes, he's going to be great when he's a Pro Bowler. In, for the, in the, uh, well, for the that was what I was going to say. This is the third time in the last 12 years the Titans took a tight end in the top 10. Or yeah. the, 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 the Lions, excuse me, in the top 10. which Ebron? is Pettigrew, Brendan Pettigrew from Tennessee. Yeah, you're right. Forgot yeah, about and then that. they and then uh, Ebron obviously went. Pettigrew never really panned out. He was never. had a decent career, but yeah. he wasn't great. Journeyman. Ebron obviously last year was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy I think is, could be a lot like Gronk. He plays a lot like Gronk. He, yo, um, you have, you, did you see all the fucking things of him pancaking? He's he's not that big of a dude. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. pancaking linebackers that are three times the size. Um, of him. The Colts had another fantastic draft. Oh, um, they got more, more speed on the wide receiver side. I thought they had a oh, great they, draft. Oh, they got the they got Antonio Browns. Fucking no, no, the Bra- the Bra- um, the Ravens got Antonio Brown's nephew oh, or cousin, uh, uh, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood that Brown. went to the Ravens, which could be, you know, there's questions about how much they're going to be passing, but they're going to find a way to get the ball in his hands, screen passes, um, end arounds, jet sweeps, things dude. like that. Um, it was uh, This draft for defense was phenomenal. I I, I think it's going to be way too hard to, to predict who's going to end up being the best the defensive rookie of the year because so much is going to be about playing time and systems. I, th- I, think you're, I think the two people to walk out for are Quinn Williams, and Josh Allen, those are going to be. Yeah, I, I mean Nick for. Bosa is going to be massive too because people don't realize how good the 49ers defensive line is now. Yeah, uh, it's stacked. Um, you know, you got to look at playing time. Uh, the kid the Dolphins took is going to get a lot of playing time in that system. Yep. Um, the kid the Giants took is not because he's not a pass rusher. He's going to nope. be off the field on third downs. He's he's literally Damon Harrison. That's who he he projects to be like. So you took a guy. You need a pass rusher. And you took a guy that's not going to. He has ten sacks and thirty eight career games. I I, I was so uh, so my girlfriend's a really diehard Giants fan, mm-hmm. and we were talking about this. So, because we were watching the second, the second and third round when she came over the other night, so we're watching the draft, and she goes to me, she goes, "Who the f- who the hell did the Giants draft?" I go, "That kid, Daniel Jones from Duke," and she she follows him on Instagram. She's showing like how the Giants are trying to hype him up and shit. She looks at me and goes, "Great, just another version of Eli." I'm tired. Well, the best, of Eli. The best shit, meme totally. I saw was it said, uh, "Daniel Jones looks like the guy that'll be cast to play Eli Manning in a movie about Peyton. Man- <laughs> Eli Manning in a movie about Peyton Manning." Yeah, dude, it's very true. The um, the, the, the draft. 
the draft is always fun. The off season is probably one of my favorite times of year because well, there's right, so many moving parts and teams can so dramatically improve. It like was a couple small free agent moves and a very good draft. Like I, I think the the Jets from last year to this year have have just gone up tremendously with the yeah. I mean, they went talent. from four wins to eight, which is a four win difference. But I there's Still already there's deal. already a lot of rumors about there being major issues with Adam Gaze and the coaching staff, which, which doesn't surprise you put me. Put all, all these alpha males in there. One the guy that can't manage them and Adam Gaze. He shipped off every alpha male personality from Jai to uh, Jarvis Landry. Well, I'll tell you what, that's telling me more so because it looks like McCagnan is really building a great roster, and it looks like Adam Gase is really the problem. Well, that, well, they're saying that specifically between Gaze and McCagnan, they're having significant differences on who they want to draft. I apparently Gaze did not want to take Quentin Williams. Why? Uh, because he's he arguably like the best player in the draft, man. I, I, I know, I know. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. To and see. you would know more than anything. He was your coach too. Yeah, he, he was my OC. He doesn't know how to manage personalities. It's like it's easy to you know he he did a DC he did obviously did a great job with Peyton Manning or Peyton Manning did a great job with Peyton him. Peyton Manning did a great job it, it, with, with him. him. He did a very good job with Jay Cutler, but Jay Cutler didn't help the Bears win any games. He had Tannehill really good his first year, and then he got hurt, and he wasn't able to adjust beyond that. He shows too much loyalty to players that fit his archetype and his personality type, and he doesn't show enough molding to the other personalities Dude, on his team. It's it's looking like he likes to surround himself with yes men. Yes. Is what it looks like to which me. Which is the biggest problem. And, that, and that's... And you, that, a, a coach... It's a coach's, it's a coach's job to mold up. his team to um the his players' personalities in today's NFL. It's not like the past where you could break these guys down. You need to adjust to each player's specifics, especially your star players. When you can't get Rashad Jones and Jarvis Landry to want to run through a wall for you, it says a lot because yeah. those are two guys that want to play hard. Hard. Um, Dude, uh, Cameron uh, Wake will play for anyone because he's the consummate pro- professional. He's an old school guy that would have been a superstar in any era and uh, uh, any any team he put him on. Cam Wake. Yeah, Cam Wake. He would have been. You said Cam Newton. Which, which is not true. You know who. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron Wake. Yeah, Cam, uh, Cam, Cam Wake would have fit Cam with Cam Newton's team. playing DN for the fucking he, he Dolphins. He probably now. could. Yeah, he probably not. could. Um, but overall, I was very happy the Dolphins took a, a risk in taking Rosen. Kind of Because, to. hey, if he pans out, man, you're set. What? It's a second And if he pick. doesn't, you could draft it. If he isn't great this year, or say he plays well and you still want to take a quarterback, maybe not this year, but take Trevor Lawrence in two years, you could trade him then. You build up his value and then you could trade Rosen. And he's back right where he started I, this year. I'll tell you something that Denver, when Denver drafted Drew Locke, pardon me was like stoked on it and the other part of me is like ah shit and I'll tell you why because obviously Joe Flacco's a stopgap there's no denying that Brian Fitzpatrick's a stopgap Brian Fitzpatrick is a stopgap but my whole point is was after the first round and they had their one pick Noah Font in the back of my head I'm like okay Justin Herbert, 2020, and I was like, "Okay, that's going to work." Tua, you, you don't know how good the Broncos are going to be in a tough division. You could end up getting Tua. You don't know who's going to fall, who's well, going to rise. Tua's not till 2021. No, he's this year. Trevor Lawrence is two years. Tua's coming out this La- year. Trevor Lawrence is two. And years Lawrence from now. is going to be the guy, I think. But her, everyone thought Herbert. Was, Herbert didn't even before he got hurt wasn't playing as well this year. But he's still a guy that most people see as like major upside, and I do as well. That's the same thing, and that's why when he did, when he said he was going back to school, I'm like, the Giants were pissed. Yeah, of course the Giants they were. were so pissed. He was he was going to be number one quarterback selected. Yeah, I have. Probably would have been. He, he probably would be, and I'm excited to see what Kyler Murray can do. I'm a little iffy on his attitude. Um, another thing I didn't really get to mention about the Giants, the reason they took Daniel Jones is because they they thought that um the, the, the Redskins the Redskins the Redskins and they said another team they thought were uh, they thought the Broncos were going to take him beforehand. Yep. They got bluffed out. Oh, they got bluffed 100%, hard. And, and the Broncos and the the Redskins got their guy in Dwayne Haskins, who I think is going to be a stud. Dwayne Haskins stud. is going to rub it in the Giants' face for the next ten years. He, I think he's going to be a 
stud as long as he can, uh, you know, have the right coaching around he's gotta him. Stay healthy, but he's got to stay healthy. But people are like, oh, he uh, he scrambles around. He doesn't scramble. First he's a all, pocket passer. I remember when the the, the, the whole the, the whole lead up to the draft, and then was like Dwayne Haskins this, Dwayne Haskins this to the Giants, 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 Giants. I still liked him more than Kyler Murray too. As I, well. do, I do too. To be honest, I think he's got a better. Kyler's run. got a higher upside, I yeah. think, because of his athletic ability. But when I see my prototype QB, I want a guy that can move in the pocket a little bit. Doesn't have to run like John, uh, like uh, Baker Mayfield or right. Russell Wilson, but he has to be able to move a little bit. He can and accurate in the pocket, and that's what Dwayne had. He threw fifty two touchdowns. He, last year. Here's what, here's 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 how I describe it perfectly. Kyler Murray is a football player. Dwayne Haskins is a quarterback. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know what I mean? Where like Kyler Murray, I feel like you could put him anywhere on the field and he would do. Kyler, some, he would do well. Kyler somewhere. Murray, at, at, he should play like Russell Wilson. That's yes. who he reminds me of. But he's not as big. Like Russell Wilson, he's, he's the same dude. height. Russell, Russell Wilson's, Wilson's a tank. Dude, the he's size thick. of his hands. He's thick, but he's built like a fire hydrant. Kyler yeah. Murray's a smaller frame. Yeah. I know they said he's two hundred seven. He's one ninety five. Dude, uh, they were. I'm saying, afraid of him getting hurt by Kyler, his first big hit. I Pat think, White. I think yeah. Well, Kyler Murray's attitude I think is attributed to the fact that he Kyler Murray has won everywhere he's gone. Yeah, sure. He was undefeated in high school, three straight national championships, which is unheard of in Texas yeah. high school football. Yep. Goes to Oklahoma. He's a winner. I have he, no doubt about he, that. He, I mean, they didn't win a national championship, but he he played well there, won the Heisman Trophy, got drafted by the Oakland A's, was a great baseball player. Then he gets drafted number one overall. He's going to get gar- stupid guaranteed money, yeah. and he's going to be the starter for an NFL franchise. Instantly, this, which could hurt him, too, because he's going to be kid, on a team without much weapons and not much of an offensive line. This kid is an absolute stud, but my problem is going to such a bad franchise and a bad roster. And a coach that I don't think... Kingsbury's the only guy I've ever seen get fired and get in a promotion. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't see where... I don't see where the... Where how Arizona fell in love with Cliff at all. I don't see it. Well, because because he's had a connection to Pat Mahomes, and it's a copycat league, so they're trying to copycat it. Yeah, uh, Kansas City model, Green Bay model. Yeah, that's, what, that's that always shit, what it is. You dude, always I'm try to model it. it. I mean, why didn't people try to model the Seahawks, who were dominant, even though they only won one Super Bowl? They went to two, and they had this dominant defense. They ran people. that division for like five years. Yeah, I don't know, but um, I think hard we're both do. happy with what our teams did. I'm very happy. I'm happy with the Dolphins not being aggressive in free agency and just sitting back and kind of letting go of older players that there's a sentimental attachment to, like Cam and wake um, and they took a risk so I'm happy You, I think your fan's going to be fantastic I think he's going to be a plug and play player instantly mm-hmm. um, I think Flacco if they can run the ball well will have a resurgence which I think they will I think a mile high it'll benefit his arm even more yeah he's got a fucking cannon he's got still, one of the dude. best arms in the league is he overpaid sure is he a Super Bowl MVP yes also true you know what I mean is so he that's a it. Hall of Famer no I don't think he's all of If he let's say he plays two or three more good years well, and what? wins a couple playoff games, because he started his career never losing, he won at least one playoff game his first four or five years, yeah, I think, right. which is unheard. I mean, of. but he also played at Udell too. So yeah, like, he, and he his barely pro- won and his, there. And his playoff season when they won the Super Bowl was incredible. He yeah. was incredible that postseason. Yeah, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer personally, mm-hmm. but it, he has the credentials where if he had two three years of a resurgence and won, I think it could he, happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and if Denver wants to, Denver wants to roll with him for a while and let, and let Drew. Just sit back and figure it out. I agree. Do that too. Let, let Flacco. Let Flacco. Joe's a professional. Uh, it, they said this about Eli with Daniel Jones. It's Flacco's job to keep Drew Locke on the sideline. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. And, I, and it's 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 Joe's job. To and lose. I guess we'll talk Falcons and Giants and more Endgame next week. Um, <laughs> I think we'll, we'll talk Falcons. We, we have uh, some good stuff next week uh, planned. Just stay tuned. Um, a spectacular event. But this was episode fifty. 50. If you watch, I listen. Um, Taylor. Have a great week. Yes, you too, sir. Listeners, have a great week. I will do everything in my power to have a terrible week, and we will see you guys next week. Next week. Later.